Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Broken Clock Podcast Games Cast. Once again, my name is Adam. And I'm Joe. And we are guaranteed to be right at least twice a day because that is the motto of the Broken Clock Podcast. Joe, do you hear this? Uh, yes, I do. It's Christmas music. It sure is. Which means only one thing. Either we've gone insane or it's Christmas. I think we've gone insane. It's possibly it's possibly a mixture of both. Um, but a Merry Christmas to everyone out there, you and yours. Uh, it is Christmas Day, the day this is releasing. Uh, so if you are listening to this on your drive to grandmother's house, you go. Uh, a Merry Christmas to you and yours. If you just if you're Jewish and just finished celebrating Hanukkah last week, happy Hanukkah to you as well. Shalom. Yes, it is the holiday season. Everyone's hustling and bustling, running around, doing their thing. Um, Has it felt very Christmassy to you? Not at all. This not in the slightest Christmas. I don't know if it's just I'm old and jaded now. Partially, or That's if what it's I think just it, is for me. It, it, just, it doesn't like you know. You know, maybe it's because I don't go out as much anymore. Like I'm not going to the mall and hearing like seeing all the Christmas decorations. See, I I am just because like you know when I'm pooping around and doing whatever on like days off, I'll stop by the mall and I see the Christmas decorations. And I hear the Christmas music, but I don't like you just tune it out. Yeah, kinda. It's yeah. not really my it's not really my jam. It's one of those things where like I at the beginning of the month, like when Thanksgiving hit and everyone's like, Oh my god, it's Christmas, you guys, like decorations are going up and I'm wearing floppy, you know, elf shoes every day and I'm wearing a Santa hat to work. And- Maybe it's it, I'm one of those people that like when it's before Thanksgiving and I go to, to the store and I see the Christmas decorations already going up like before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I just, you know, I give them that like uh, fish shake. Yeah. It's too early. Um, but like, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my God, it's Christmas. And they like freak out. Yeah. Um, when Thanksgiving hit, I was like, guys, it's like three weeks till Star Wars. <laughs> it's almost Star Wars time. You guys, I can't wait. Like I, Christmas didn't start until after I saw Star Wars. Like I did not shop for a single gift. I did not even like think about a decoration until after Star Wars. Cause I was like, I'm in Star Wars mode. So everything I do is Star Wars related. Christmas is going to take a backseat. You this know year. what? I bought all of my Christmas presents like two months ago already. So maybe that's why. Look at you, you overachiever. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of them were like things like you saw them and you're like, that'll I was like, oh yeah, I got to grab this right now. Yeah. You know, so I have it. Yeah, no. Like I bought my brother an SNES Classic, and I was like, I better buy this now, or I'm never gonna find another one. Oh my god! Hopefully, your brother listens to this after After he opened (laughs) after he opened all his presents. Show you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, going up in the morning. That's right. Yeah, it's a good thing your brother doesn't like you. Yeah, he won't listen to this at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, this is not our Christmas cast or holiday cast. Although I guess technically it is because it came out on Christmas, so uh, we didn't loop we didn't loop it in and talk about it. But no, this is actually going to be our game of the year show. Um, We have a few bits of news off the top just to get through. Um, Obviously, no one's really dropping big announcements or big newsworthy things the week before Christmas. Everyone's too distracted, so no one's going to bother putting anything out. Yeah, and they, you know, there's not going to be a lot of like you'd think like, well, maybe there's DLC because they're trying to entice you to spend your gift cards after Christmas or whatever, but nothing really like that. I think everyone's just kind of, PR took the week off. They get the week before Christmas and probably like the week after Christmas maybe at most places, so not a lot of uh, news to get through. Uh, So most of this will be dominated by what our games of the year were. Uh, We each picked our 10 most favorite games of the year. These weren't necessarily the biggest technical achievements or anything like that, but just the ones that we had the most fun with. So our Mm -hmm. list may differ a lot from, you know, the big list that everybody did or the game awards or what have you, because, you know, obviously we don't get to play 
everything. Yeah. We, that's not the, this isn't the only thing that we do uh, with our lives. So we do have time elsewhere uh, that takes up. Cause there's a lot of games this year that I didn't get to play that I want to. Yeah, same. Um, and so maybe I'll use that beginning of the year lull uh, next year. I'm so looking to catch forward up. to that at this point. Yeah. Well, cause like even, even this year and we'll kind of start like, we'll do the news and stuff, but just to kind of start off with it, you know, even the beginning of this year before we were doing this, like, there wasn't really that low because like the beginning of March, the switch came out. True. And so like there was only a month and a half where there weren't awesome games coming out. And even then there were still some pretty awesome games that came out in January and February, which we'll get to because uh, we ordered them in order of release date. Um, so let's just start with the news right off the top uh, to get to. We are going to do it lightning round style, though I highly doubt we'll do any pauses because like I said, nothing is too uh, in-depth here. So, lightning round. Uh, Psychonauts 2 got delayed, and there is no known release date, which puts it in a weird limbo state. Yeah, uh, they came out and basically said the game was supposed to be released in 2018. They said it's not coming out in 2018 now, and everyone kind of went like, oh, so it's coming out in 2019, and they kind of went, and we're not going to put a date on it just yet. Yeah. Uh, they said it was, you know, for quality control and they wanted to make sure that it was the, the best game. But uh, Double Fine has a really bad history when it comes to kickstarting games. I think like the last two. Wait, is this a Kickstarter game? In a way. Uh, it, it was kickstarted on they uh, they created their own kickstarting website. Oh, to do it. okay. I do. It, remember it was this, called yes. like Fig, I think it was called, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really a Kickstarting website in the same way that Kickstarter is. But it was like you bought stake in the game, oh, so, so it was you're like kickstarting it. <laughs> well, but no, it was uh, instead of you know you just buy the game in advance for like ten bucks. It was other studios could pitch in like twenty thousand dollars and have you know a, a oh, part okay. of the game yeah, yeah, yeah it was more of a developer's thing as opposed to going to directly to the fans got it uh, but like i said they've they've had a history of really bad kickstarter problems like yeah. i think the last game they kickstarted they released half of it and basically said like we're just not going to finish it oh bummer and uh wait what game is that uh, i forget what it was called not massive chalice not broken age it was another one. I don't remember what it was, but it was yeah. it was a big thing where they basically they were just like, yeah, we're not we're not we're not going to finish it. And then they like open it up to uh, modders and said like, you can go ahead and fix mm-hmm. it if you want. Like we'll yeah. just open the game up and you can just do whatever you want with it. And I mean that's like, kind of cool, but I don't know. Still, like, yeah, it's, you, want, you got half the game you paid for. Yeah, companies want you to finish the game that you paid for. So mm-hmm. that's understandable. Um, I mean, are you are you bummed about this? Did you I play Psychonauts? Like, I didn't like Psychonauts. I don't think I ever played it. It was a PS2 game, right? It was a PS2 Xbox One game. Or Xbox original. Yeah, game. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, that's a weird gap in release. But yes. no, I know what you mean. Um, thank Microsoft for those screwy naming conventions. Yeah, bastards. You have to call it original Xbox as opposed to, you know, the Xbox One. Because, yeah. you know, they're stupid. The Xbox 359. Yeah. So ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one, actually. Oh, well, there um, you go. I remember I had it on the Xbox, the original Xbox, mm-hmm. and I remember playing it, and because it was one of those things where like everybody always talked about how amazing of a game it was. Yeah. And uh, I just went like, it's not as good as Mario. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'm like my, my general assessment was yeah. like, eh, and I didn't get too far in it. The humor wasn't for me. No, oh, okay. It had, you like, were too mature back then? Yeah. You've since degraded, so maybe Psychonauts 2 will be for you. Who oh, knows? Maybe. <laughs> Who I don't knows? know. It like had that very, obviously, it was going for the like Tim Burton aesthetic, and yeah. it was just kind of like, eh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of this. At that point, he had made Planet of the Apes, so everyone was kind of burnt out on him. 
Unbelievable. All right, uh, lightning round. Uh, Pokemon Go got upgraded for the iPhone X10, right? Is it the X or the 10? It's the, it's, it's, it's just it's the X, the, right? Well, it's the 10 is what it's called. But, the but iPhone, they skipped over 9. Yeah, so it's the iPhone X is the iPhone 10. <clears throat> but that's the one that has this new augmented reality capability, right? That's not yeah, in the 8. Yes, it's called AR+. Plus. Yep. Uh, the way that the uh, update for this one works now is instead of in the other, you know, the original way that you played the game when you walked around and you saw a Pokemon, it just like appeared in front of you and you caught it. Uh, now this one has depth to it. So you can be walking around holding your phone up and looking around and you can see like, oh my God, there's a Charizard way in the back of that field over there. Yeah, that was and then, a- like now you can run over to the Charizard. It gets closer and closer to you as you get you walk know, up to it. briskly, I would say. Yeah. Not running. Hey man, I've seen <laughs> videos of other people, you know, It'd be the kind of thing where like everyone would be like, "Oh my god, there's a Vaporeon over there," and then like a huge crowd of people would come flowing across. I guess like, at the very height of it, I do remember seeing hordes of people running. <laughs> yeah, but that was go. you know, like yeah. you said, that was back when it was. And by the height of it, I mean like week two. Yeah, <laughs> because that was the biggest point in that game's history was week two. Yeah, but now there's depth to it in the Pokemon. You can see them moving around in the world. It's a lot more kind of... That's really cool because I remember the biggest sticking point when I played Pokemon Go is, all right, it says I'm kind of close with these footsteps, but I don't really know what that means and I can't find anything. Yeah. Uh, So this is cool that like as long as you get relatively close, you can now see it in the distance. I like that a lot better. Uh, Oh, it says that the AR Plus mode is uh, coming to the iPhone 6S and newer iPhones running iOS 11. Oh, so maybe. It's out now on the Xbox One X, but they're going to add it to the older phones. The iPhone X. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Too many. You said Xbox One X. Jesus Christ. I know. (laughs) Thanks again, Microsoft, for your screwy naming conventions, you jerks. Um, uh, that's cool. Oh, so man. people aren't just walking around with their connects like strapped <laughs> to their shoulder, um, holding a monitor in their hand. I mean, I guess technically, with if they an wanted Xbox to, strapped to their back, if they wanted to port it over, I guess that's the way that you would do it. You'd it sell could. a backpack with a battery pack in it, it and you put the Xbox in there, and you walk around with the camera, and there's a screen coming out of your chest, like you know, just a simple rig. Yeah, that's all. Just a little a thing. A lot better than you're carrying your phone around. Well, it, it is reminiscent um, when that game first came out of like, I would watch like, you know, gaming websites or streamers try to stream Pokemon Go. Yes. And so they would be wearing a backpack with a laptop in it and they would have like a GoPro set up and they were constantly streaming to, you know, to whatever. And they like, the person is walking around and there's like a camera on the phone and like a camera on their face and they're just walking around. The best thing to come out of those were like the compilation videos of people getting their phones stolen. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's a, it's a cruel world out there. People are nabbing phones. Or walking off cliffs. It's a very dangerous game that that uh, Pokemon Go. Um, but uh, let's see. Lightning round. The Zelda sequels in development, Joe. Does that surprise you in the slightest? No, not at all. Not at all. Do you think this is going to be more of the Breath of the Wild style? Or do you think they might revert and go? I know we've talked about this. Yeah, they Breath came the out Wild and said style. that this was going to be the formula for the yeah. games from like here on out. So I'm sure we will be getting another Breath of the Wild. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's obvious that those going to come. This yeah. game was a massive, massive success for the Switch. And, you know, I mean, it's not like they weren't going to make any more Zelda games after this. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where I'm hoping Nintendo realizes that, like, you can't really get away anymore with just doing one game per generation of your flagship characters. Yeah. Like, you know, even, like, games like Uncharted and God of War... You got you know, three of them on a system. Yeah, you know, and you could say they wore out their welcome a little bit, but you can give me two Zeltas. 
Yeah. Um, in yeah, the lifetime totally. of the Switch. What, what would you like to see changed for this one? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if it'll be a sequel or just like a another game one. with the same style but a different story. Like, I don't really know. Um, I... I like I had I don't have a ton of issues with that game. Um, some of the crafting elements I'd like to see changed a little bit, make it more streamlined. Like I would like to see if they're you know if they want to still put cooking in the game. You know, give me a cookbook, give me something where yeah. I can remember a recipe I made and see what it like what it came out with. Because like and, I'll throw random stuff in there and like ooh that one's good. Now I have to mentally remember every time I play that this is what makes that and yeah. Like, give and me a also cookbook. like to be able to just open it up and be like oh I liked this potion. Yeah. And click on that and if you have all the ingredients he'll just automatically toss them in as opposed yeah. to having to like cycle through them. Yeah. Like something where I've made it before I can remake it really quickly. Mm. Um, or even if it's just like if I have it in my inventory this one meal I can just go make again and it'll do it because mm. uh, that's what I like about other games because I don't really like crafting a lot in games but the ones that do it well do it where I it tells me what I can craft and if I have enough I just say okay craft it cook it like whatever mm-hmm. um, so something like that like upgrade that a little bit um, I don't really know what else like there wasn't a lot that I was like man if it just had done x it would have been so much better i would have liked more uh traditional dungeons like yeah. the, like the great beasts were cool but i didn't like how there were no enemies in them yeah it was all just a puzzle it was just, it was a just giant one puzzle. giant puzzle yeah i mean you could keep those but then yeah add some dungeons so they're yeah, different give than me a shrines. little bit more to do yeah because even the shrines didn't really ever have enemies in them it was Except all for puzzle like based. A very few of them that had just one yeah that was the shrine boss yeah. that you had to fight in it yeah you know? Yeah, that'd be cool if it was like, okay, you got to do four Divine Beasts and four dungeons. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you need to get a key for the Divine Beasts in the dungeon. So you go yeah, through the dungeon. Yeah, do a dungeon to get the key to the Divine Beast. Yeah. And then... Yeah, you could, in, you could incorporate the new things and the old things as well. So yeah, all right. I, I like that idea. That's a good one, Joe. Um, that would be a good thing to add. But yeah, I all mean, right. I don't Nintendo, know when... I know you're listening. Yeah, I don't know you when we'll see it. Yeah, a very small, <laughs> very small check. Um. Yeah, I don't know when we'll get this. I assume it's got to be, you know, oh, three it's, it's years be off, probably. Like three years off, if yeah. anything. I mean, unless they're building it off this engine, and then that takes away some of, like... Development. Yeah, some of the development time. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'll be looking forward to it whenever it does come out. And hopefully, it's one of those things where it comes out on Switch and not, like, it's delayed two additional years to come out on Switch 2 or you know, the return of the GameCube or whatever it is that'll be that'll be next. So, hopefully, it stays on Switch. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Lightning round. We've got some PUBG news here. Um, PUBG sold a lot on the Xbox, didn't it, Joe? Uh, it sold uh, very well. It sold 1 million copies in the first 48 hours of that's, the release of the game. That's pretty good for a game that's still technically an alpha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> With one map. Yeah. And then, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about last week, how Star Wars had so many problems that didn't even manage to sell a million copies of it. Yeah, exactly. And then this game comes along and sells one million copies in the first two days. Yeah, see, that's what Battlefront should have just done. It should have just sold it as one map and called it an alpha, <laughs> and everyone would have gone bananas. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's what they did the last time, and everyone shit their pants. Yeah, like, <laughs> so uh, I guess that's the difference between big AAA Star Wars game and, and a little, little indie yeah. like mod of another thing. Yeah, little engine that could, that revolutionized Battle Royales, and don't take that idea. Oh, yes, or else. Or else. I'm going to be mad at you. Cutting into my profits. How dare you? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, it's only going to sell more as people open up Xboxes, and then I'm wondering if... Yeah, so many uh, uh, stores were selling copies of 
or you got PUBG free, free with a copy of the system. So how many people are going to be getting those? Yeah, but that was only with the the X, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you bought an Xbox One X over the last like week and a half, you got a free copy of PUBG. Or if you're getting it for Christmas. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Somebody could have gotten it beforehand and then was waiting on it. True. So. Oh yeah, that's a good point. But still, like it's still a thing where. You know, people will be taking gift cards because they didn't get an Xbox or they were like, just give me gift cards so I can put it towards an Xbox. And then, you know, if that deal's still going on, more people will be picking up after Christmas. You know, actually, sure. a little uh, side tangent about something similar to that. Tan- uh, we don't do those here. Too bad. Uh, you have to say lightning round pause. Lightning round pause. <laughs> Uh, I was playing uh, Rainbow Six this uh, this morning with my friend John yep. uh, beforehand, and there was a thing that we noticed was when we were playing online with other people, we kept getting people who were recruits. At the beginning of the game, you just start off with just a generic recruit character until yep. like you level up to the point where you can unlock more of the other characters in the game. Yeah. And we just kept getting a ton and ton of recruits in our teams. And we were sitting there going, like, why the fuck does everybody have recruits? And then it dawned on us. We're like, oh, it's probably a whole bunch of people like getting their one gift early. Or it's it's technically Christmas in other countries oh, already. Oh, true, yeah. So, so like maybe they were all getting their copies of the game, and that's why everybody was starting off at level one. Yeah, and so then you just like killed them and stole all their stuff, right? Is that how uh, this game works? Well, it's not how it works. Oh we no, we killed them. We didn't steal any of their stuff. Oh, that's the PUBG division is, I'm thinking of. PUBG. Oh yeah. Does you steal stuff in division? I thought that was the whole point. Like you're like, oh, you got to get to that helicopter like dark zone oh, area, yeah, and yeah. then you Run kill the them. Box. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah they also point. PUBG. Yeah. Oh, you know, maybe I should go load up uh, that and just kill a bunch of... Uh, just kill all the noobs. Yeah. Murdering noobs. All right. Uh, lightning round. That's not the only PUBG thing, though. People are mad at China. 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 Uh, yeah. So many bad deals with China. Yeah. Um, so uh, we talked about it a couple months ago, how China banned uh, PUBG and any games similar to it. They didn't like the... Uh, battle royale style like yeah. death death match type game they invented that that game style way back when but it was real so they're mad at PUBG, so they don't want them to do it anymore yeah more people suing people for stealing ideas <laughs> um so last month uh they i don't i guess they struck a deal with a uh, chinese uh, company uh that allowed them to release it in china uh and circumvent that and all of a sudden this was on phones right Hmm? Wasn't it on phones? Was it on phones? I thought so. I thought China was getting a mobile version of PUBG. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I don't. I well, there was there's. I mean, if you go to the phone, if you go to the app store on your phone, at least on the iPhone, there's a million PUBG knockoffs. Well, yeah. on there. So I'm sure people were playing something similar to that. But they finally got actual PUBG in China, um, and all of a sudden the player base doubled. Naturally. It was a, a huge, huge, huge hit in China. Yeah. The only problem is they don't have any dedicated servers for China, and all of the Chinese people were playing off of you know the the standard servers over here, which caused massive amounts of lag and a whole bunch of problems. Tons of uh, you know high ping players coming from over in China, and also tons and tons of cheaters coming out of China as well. I'm so, I'm so shocked. Yeah. I mean, you you guys can't see my face, but it's in total amazement. Yes. Um, and, uh, this based, you know, uh, all the people that had been playing it up to this point were like, uh, this is kind of ruining the game. It's making it very hard to play. Which is understandable. We're dealing with lots of cheaters. There's tons and tons of lag. Um, and they asked if they could develop a, uh, you know, region specific servers for yeah. the Chinese to play. Which on. every game has. Every, yeah. Call of Duty has, you yeah. know, you can devise, you can devise them by the countries and yeah. you know, go through them. 
Um, the response that they got, they didn't really like that much. And this is from the guy. Yes, uh, this is player. from uh, what's his name? Um, player unknown. Yeah, it's uh, Bre- <laughs> Brendan Green. Okay. Brendan Player Unknown Green. Yeah. Um, he uh, he responded in a way that they weren't very happy with. Uh, he said, uh, it's, uh, it's quite disgraceful to see the Chinese player base is very passionate for battlegrounds. They love their, our game. Uh, the reason we have such high numbers and concurrent users. Yes, there are some cheaters, uh, and they come there, uh, and they come out of there, but the majority of our Chinese players just love our game and love playing it. This kind of xenophobic attitude, a lot of Western players seem to have online is just disgraceful. It's 2017. We live in one big plant together. What the fuck? I'm quite ashamed of those players to shout these things out. Uh, we want to create a great space for everyone to enjoy across the globe and locking out one region. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. So, All right. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Yes. Or there's really two things to unpack there. Number one, at least for me, I kind of get it because like he wants everybody, like he wants everybody to play together. Everyone's always clamoring to play with everybody. Like that aspect of it, I yes, guess. But to come out and basically say, if you have a problem with this, you're a xenophobe. That is, you have a problem with yeah. our our game not playing well anymore and yeah. dealing with cheaters and that makes you racist. Yeah. That that part of it sounds to me like, guys, I already made the game kind of I don't want to do any more work on it. I just want to sit back and collect money. Yes. These Chinese Shut people up. are throwing tons and tons of cash at me right now. Yeah. So And I, I want their cash. Yeah. And I don't want to put in the work. Because yeah. that's what it sounds like. Like all you'd have to do is beef up your servers like do something on the back and you end. can do cross server play like, yeah you can go you know from an american server or american console and play on a chinese server if you want to yeah creating a you know a chinese specific server just lightens the load yeah they're like there's technical stuff that you could do to make it so that way even if everybody was still playing together it disperses it out a bit it makes it so it's not as intensive and like granted mm-hmm. the internet's probably not as good in china as it is in, you know, other parts of the world just because of the Chinese government and whatnot. Is it? Because I mean, I had no problem with other games, but they other games have dedicated ser- yeah. regional other, servers. Other games are real games. These That's they're true. not yeah. early access that just got one which is still like a stretch to call it one point mm. Um yeah, no, like I I get wanting the whole world to play together. That's a cool feature of other games, but it's just do it's it in a, a lazy way. excuse. Yes, it's a very lazy excuse. And to, to immediately go and play the xenophobia race card, it's like they're not saying Chinese people are bad. They're not saying like we don't want we don't want them in our yeah. like make PUBG great again. Like they're not doing that. They're just saying, Hey, the game is less good now. What can you do something about that? Like what? I don't appreciate your your tone, sir. And and also, I mean China is not exactly known for being the most welcoming country. <laughs> Especially with regards to the internet. Yeah. They uh you know, they have their own xenophobia problems to deal with over there as yeah. well. To just pin this all on the Western audience. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, c- clearly he wants the the income and it's good for the game to have more players, but you need to then put in that work. Like, yeah. that's what that's what owning a super popular game is. Like, that's Which, you know, I the mean, thing you need to do. How many did we talk about players they had before? It was like 30 million. Yeah, it was a lot. And then it doubled in like the span of a month. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, and when your game gets super massive and it's online only, you need to constantly be working with the infrastructure of your of your game on the back end to make it so that way it's a smooth thing for every now, single player. Out of curiosity, 
You're not allowed so, to have curious thoughts here. So they've got about 60 million players. Yeah. Let's say they charge $30 for a game. My calculator can't even count <laughs> count how much money he. I think it's 180 or 180 million dollars. Guys, I'm watching the hamster wheel in Joe's brain work in live time. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much money he's yeah, probably made off of this it's game. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, Put some money into that fucking. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's infrastructure, man. It's so easy to like. I mean, it's not. I don't want to say easy. Easy is the wrong word, but like. It's the idea of how to fix it is probably easier than just going like you're racist. Yeah. Like put the work in. Yeah. I mean it's lazy. Otherwise otherwise you're gonna lose tons of people from playing it. Like, you know, I'm sure every day someone's like, Oh man, someday every day someone new is hearing about PUBG probably for the first time. They're going to a friend's house and they're seeing it streamed. Like someone at school or work is being like, Yo, you gotta check this game out. Like every day is a new thirty dollars, you know, time after time that you could be getting like once those players stop dropping off, like, oh, did you hear about that PUBG? Yeah, but it kind of sucks now because it's really slow and laggy and, like, there's a bunch of cheaters. Like, it's not even fun anymore. You know, the people are going to stop playing and that's when your well is going to run dry. You have to put in the work. So, to call people racist is just, like, it's annoying. Hmm. That, on, after last week's, like, if you make a Battle Royale game, you're stealing from me. It's like, dude, I get it. Like, this is really popular for you and it's really fun, but, like, you need to slow your roll and really think look at things from the outside or you're going to lose. Yeah. Like, Especially since he's talked publicly before about like the importance of, you know, a, a fair and balanced play field. You know, he's gone on podcasts and talked about how he used to ban people for having low ping, uh, from his like arma two mod servers that he used to run. Yeah. He said, like, anyone comes in with a low ping and he kicked him right off yeah. because he said, Oh, you, you know, a game has to be balanced. And then now here he's saying, like, who cares if it's unbalanced? If you got a problem, you're racist. Yeah. No, because now he has dollar signs in his eyes. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's real silly. Uh, fix your shit, player unknown. If I knew who you were, I would tell you your face. Probably not. But you're unknown. But you're unknown, so I can't. Mr. Brendan Green. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Brendan Green, the player unknown. Um, all right. So, that'll do it for our lightning round, which means it is time for our very first game of the year discussion here on the broken clocks games cast because this is the first year we've been doing it um so this will be the first year that we've done our game of the year and like i said off the top this is more about fun i think because that's i mean i know it's cliche but that's really what games are about right yeah. it's about having fun i don't need it i don't to know be... i played a lot of games where i just got mad <laughs> yeah but the mad was like one of the of ones fun. on your list made me very mad. I, like I said, I was playing um, that Mud Runners game I talked about before, yeah. and I talked about the fun came from being pissed off and frustrated. Yeah. And like, okay, it's not te- a technical achievement or a wonder in gaming or an advancement of the. It's you know, not the breaking technology. new grounds no. or anything like that. But it's fun, um, and so that's where we kind of ranked our lists. Uh, we don't really have a definitive one. With, like we each pick ten games. Uh, that came out this year. Uh, we put them in order of release just to make it easier to talk about. Yeah, um, some of them overlap, obviously. Some yeah. of my bet games of the year were also your games of Correct. the year. Correct. Yeah, we do have a couple there. Um, and then I think we each have kind of a top three of mm-hmm. what our games were. Um, and so we'll just kind of run down the list. I will say, like I like I said before, I didn't get it to play enough this year. Like There were games that I missed that I really wanted to, that I heard were good, and just didn't have the time or didn't have like the money or whatever at the time when they came out to to go and pick them up. So uh, there were definitely some I missed. So if our if your favorite game of the year is not on this list, 
It probably means we either didn't like it, which is entirely possible. Opinions are subjective. Or we just didn't get a chance to play it. Yeah. Because um, there was a lot I didn't get a chance to play. T- 2017 was a really good year. Like, it's just first and foremost. Just, good year, just to start it off. Like, um, I know everybody, like, when the Game Awards came out, they're like, oh, damn, I forgot, like, how many really awesome things came out this year. Um, and they likened it back to 2007, which also had a lot of really good games that came out that year. Um, that was, like, when the Orange Box came out oh, and, like, yeah. a bunch of other stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that's been out for that long. And, man, that was really, really good. Um, so there was a lot of games to play this year. And so, you know, with limited time or, you know, different activities that we each do like we have lives like outside of this too because we have jobs and whatnot friends yeah we don't stupid friends i know it's the worst i wish i was a shut-in um but yeah no there's just a lot of stuff that we didn't get to so um we'll we'll run down our uh favorite 10 games of the year starting with you joe because yours came out right at the beginning of the year which was part of what i was saying of you know there's not really that dead period anymore at least this year there wasn't maybe in 2018 there will be but yeah. this year wasn't really a dead zone because of your first game came out in january yep uh resident Evil 7 is my first game uh resident Evil 7 biohazard biohazard uh i uh i love this game uh this is the one game on the list that i beat multiple times uh well, you had it, the most amount of time to do it well it's yeah. been out for a year yeah <laughs> i mean even at the time yeah, like, well, yeah when i beat it the very first time i instantly just started up the next game and started playing it again which is an immediate sign that you liked the game that you played mm-hmm. and also like resident Evil is the kind of game where like as soon as you beat it you unlock more stuff and it's yeah. like oh man now you have this crazy gun and you're like oh shit i want to play with that crazy gun absolutely i didn't get to play with that crazy gun before but now it's there and i want to play with it yeah and you're a big resident evil fan anyway yeah i'm a huge resident evil fan um now does this do, was this game elevated at all by the use of vr or like how did you feel about the vr well the vr uh i didn't get the vr until a little bit later yeah uh, and when i bought like the psvr um you know fuck i forgot to take that in consideration even when i was talking about it yeah the vr was phenomenally well done in this game um the that was the third time i played it so the first yeah. time two times i played it on the xbox back when it originally came out yep. and then the third time i played it again in vr uh, and the VR really did, you know, I was shitting my pants a lot of times. Yeah. And some, some extents it was like the controls were a little weird and it was hard to get used to, but once you did get used to it, it played really, really well. Yeah. It just became incredibly, incredibly tense. Um, so yeah, I forgot to even take that into consideration. So that might even knock it up a little bit more now that you reminded me of that. There you go. See that we're already changing the lid, which is fine. I mean, they're not set in stone. We're only guaranteed to be right twice a day and mm. we have 10 games here. So yeah, you know, I move. need to go back and play through the, um, the DLC with the, uh, VR. Oh, if it has it, I'm not sure. I would hope that all the DLC has VR. Yeah. No, that's the thing I need to look into now. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you think it was your favorite aspect of this game? Um, Hmm. Like was it the story? Was it the action? Was it the? I think tension? it was just the change of the gameplay. You make- know, it's really weird that you know a lot of times some people they get mad when you change something too much. Yeah. Um, but Resident Evil has a very good track record of switching things up constantly and providing all sorts of different ways to play the games, even from different like not even from the main games. You know, they did first person shooter ones in the past that just used you know the the light gun before. Yeah. Um, they've done different online ones and they changed up the gameplay majorly when they switched it to the over the shoulder aspect with Resident Evil 4. Yeah. So this one still felt like a Resident Evil game, but they were able to change it up so much with the new gameplay design that it 
felt like both old and new at the same time. So you're like, oh, yeah, like this feels familiar, but it feels so different. I'm very into it. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a theme. That was a good one to start the year off because there are a lot of games that came out this year where even when we talked about them, we're like, you know what? It has like the same elements as X, Y, and Z, but it has all these new things too. And that mm. makes it a lot of fun. Um, so I'm glad. And like that was the vibe I got not just from you, but from anybody that I knew that played Resident Evil is that like, yeah, it feels like Resident Evil, but it also feels wholly new. Mm. And I really enjoyed that. And it kind of also feels like it's going back to its roots in a way. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah that's really true. Cool. Actually, it also did go, felt like it was, uh, yeah, I guess that's part of it. Cause it was new in the, the gameplay design, but it still kind of felt like you're going back to, you're wandering around a creepy old mansion. Yeah. Again. Which is what made the series. So yeah. like, it took old and new elements and blended them in the in the right way, which yeah. was it, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so very good on Capcom for an excellent game and a great way to kick off the year. Yeah, I think you also have the second game on this list, Joe, because you uh, were front loaded here a little bit. What mm-hmm. was your second game of your year? Second game of the year was Neo. Okay, uh, I talked a lot about this year about uh, the Dark Souls style. Yeah, Souls uh, games. The, yeah, what are they? Souls, Soulsborne style games. Yeah, and unfortunately, I can't give uh, like Dark, Dark Souls, Souls one, two, two or three, three Bloodborne. or anything because I've already played. Those came out. Yes, previous. Those years. don't count. Yeah, those don't count. I'll give them an honorable mention: Dark Souls three and Bloodborne. Honorable mention, just because they were new to me this year. That's right. I'll uh, let you use those as your honorable mentions. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, Neo was uh, an excellent uh, entry into that gameplay style. Yeah, uh, I found the story very interesting. I loved the the Japanese aesthetic to it. it was a, a, a fresher version of you know the traditional medieval style that the uh, the other Dark Souls games went with. Yeah, uh, the combat was fantastic. It's a Team Ninja game, so they know everything about combat, yeah. and the the variety of the weapons was was great. Um, it looks nice. Yeah, it looked very good. I don't think it looked as good as the Dark Souls games. It had no. a bit of a more cartoony feel to it. Yeah, you know, and their games typically do. Yeah, you know, they, the characters looked stylized a little yeah. bit more. Um, but it still looked great. I love the design of the bad guys, the enemies in the game, uh, and all of the variety to it was was fantastic. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed Neo. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best of those games, game types but it was still a great game that i got to play this year yeah and so yeah that's the thing like even if it's not the best in the genre like the fact that it came out this year and it was the only one really that came out this year uh i think this was the surge this year it was so yeah. i guess that that one i forgot about that one because that wasn't nearly as mainstream yeah um, and i mean i love the surge all it's the same thing like the surge was a very very flawed version of those games but it yeah. was still fun but you like the genre so anything that even like does a halfway decent attempt at it you're gonna have fun with yeah um, but like no but neo was widely recognized no but yeah but well, neo was so. still great yeah it was a, it was a top top tier version of those types of games yeah that was one of the games on my list that like not on my list specifically but on a separate list that i have of games that i wanted to try to play before the end of the year um and i was like oh i should go try to pick that up or maybe like give it a rental or like borrow it from you or something like that and i just i didn't get time but i do want to still play that game it does look like a lot of fun and i think it would be a thing that i enjoy um but i just didn't get around to it but yeah it looks it looks awesome so it's another one i need to go back and play the dlc for Oh yeah, what? Uh, how many DLC things? There did were they come out three with? DLCs that came out. Oh, okay, for it. yeah. And I bought the season pass, so I'm sure they all downloaded, but I never got around to playing them. Yeah, definitely. But they added like new weapons and stuff too, so I want to go back and see how the new weapon types worked. Yeah, 
No, that's understandable. Um, all right. So I think the next game on here is me. And although it is a game that I just started playing within the last two weeks, it did come out earlier this year. Uh, that is uh, Horizon Zero I Dawn. That was so early in the year. Yeah. And the reason that I didn't play it until just now is that when it came out, it was three days before uh, the Switch came out. Oh, and I was yes. like, I'm not I'm not buying a game that's you're gonna that's so big yeah i'm not buying a big expansive rpg three days before i buy a new console with new games there like because i'm gonna want to play the new console more than the other game and i feel like it's just gonna i'm not gonna have the time i'm not gonna have the dedication like and i'm gonna forget about it and have to pick it up six eight months from now and then i'm gonna be like wait what was happening in the story like Mm -hmm. what was going on with it Uh, so i put it off for a really long time i then picked it up on black friday which i think i talked about in our uh, black friday what did we buy special um and i'm I'm having a lot of fun with it i'm just now starting it so i didn't get to finish it so it doesn't rank super high on my list of like you know like oh the story was amazing and all these other things but like in the amount of time i've spent with it probably like the i don't know seven or eight hours that i've spent with it already uh it's a lot of fun i really like the hunting of these like the world that they built is so interesting that like i want to keep playing and i want to i want that story to unravel i want to know more you know i know it takes place in a super futuristic earth and there's machines and like there's elements in there of you know uh, previous worlds and things like that it's more akin to ours so i see you know, office desks and computer screens and things like that. I'm like, all right, that's recognizable stuff. What the hell happened to where we have these robotic dinosaurs wandering the earth? And uh, so I'm really interested in the world that they built. I'm really interested in the story that they're telling. The designs of the, like of the creatures, like the robot dinosaurs is so cool. And there's different ways to take them out. And the combat's fun. I really like the hunting of it. Like the, you know, skulking around and trying to sneak up on it so you can do these like devastating moves where you're stabbing the right like robotic artery so to speak to get like to kill these monsters and it's just it's so much fun like Mm -hmm. i don't i like i don't really know what else to say other than like i'm just i'm having a blast with it and i'm sad that i didn't play it earlier so i could finish it out but like now that i'm now that i'm in it i'm like oh yeah this game is great and i can see why people were like talking about it now um How does this compare to Zelda? Because I remember when it was coming out, and because the two games came out around the same time, yeah. people, a lot of people were basically like, you know, drawing a lot of parallels to that. They're they're very very similar. Yeah, and I mean they are. They're I mean they're both open worlds RPGs that like you're playing as a singular character and you you have a set you know set weapons and you got to go around and craft and all these other things so like um it is similar in that that aspect of it i was talking to a buddy of mine just about like you know games that came out this year and he's like i was saying how i started this and he's like oh yeah i played that too but as i was playing it when it first came out all i was thinking was like i should just go back and play more zelda um so yeah, like they compare in that they are very similar i think zelda is a little bit better it's, again it's been a while since i played zelda because I did play that right at the beginning of the year. Um, but there are things I like better in this one. Like in Zelda, I like that I can scale everywhere and like climb every mountain and all that kind of stuff. And there's no place in Zelda I can't get to. Whereas like in this game, I'll be walking and I'll just be like, oh, I want to wander around this path. And they're like, oh, you got to get back to the quest area. It's like, I'm going to get back to the what now? Yeah. Like, don't lock me in. Like, that's not what this is supposed to be. Um, so I like that, that you can traverse any area in Zelda aspect of it. Um, crafting is a little bit better in horizon because it is that thing I was talking about where it says, all right, I need X amount of arrows. Let's just craft them. Like I need X, I need this potion and I have all the pieces. Let's just craft it. Like it tells me what I can craft and when I can craft it. And I like that better than like, 
You want to throw a bunch of stuff yeah, in a pot? Just wing it and hope it works. Yeah, let's see Zelda how that style. works out. So I, uh, I don't, I didn't like that aspect of Zelda where I do really like it in Horizon. Um, but yeah, I just like, I really can't wait to go back and like keep playing it because I like the bow mechanic is really cool. There's different things you can do to like slow down the time, like hold your breath, and like that stuff like looks really cool. Early on, you know, you can get a perk where if you're jumping down from a high ledge, it slows down in slow motion, so it makes for these really cool moments of killing these machines. And they have that in um, Assassin's Creed too. Yeah, and like so, it looks really cool when you do that because mm-hmm. you're like, all right, I'm gonna jump down from this tree or this like canopy or whatever, and it goes in slow motion, and Aloy's drawing the bow back, and just like these kill shots are really really cool. Um, so yeah, like they did a fantastic job. Like the fact that it's the studio that made Killzone and went and they made their own their first RPG is like fantastic. Like you can say what you want about the Killzone games. They always wowed visually, but they never really wowed gameplay or story wise. Yeah, they were was, very standard. Yeah, it was always like a, a missed opportunity or a wasted potential. Uh, I always liked the Killzone games, so I don't hate on them nearly as much as everybody else does. Um, but for a first RP for a first crack at an RPG especially one with this amount of like depth and stuff like that is amazing uh, for what gorilla was able to do. And, and obviously it's keeping up with gorilla's tradition. It looks fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. It is so beautiful. And while Zelda like is beautiful in its own right with its style and it's like the way it looks it's stylized. Like, yeah. The way that they made it look um, it's beautiful in its own right. Like this is just like these vistas and expanses are just like, my God. Are the facial animations still bad? The facial animations are not good. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing a lot of supercuts when the game came out of yeah. like the really goofy facial animations and some really like uh terrible voice acting. The voice acting's not terrible, at least so far. It's it's okay. It's not it was a lot it was more of a lot of the like the NPCs, the people you'd go up and talk to. Yeah. Yeah, those weren't uh those weren't super great. Um, and like the problem is too, is that in a game where I'm super invested in the story, like I'm watching the characters interact with each other and I'm seeing what kind of wonky facial animations or the mouths don't move quite right. And I'm surprised it didn't get patched by now. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, that could be a harder thing to patch too, just cause like, that's a lot of work to tweak like how the mouth moves and stuff like that. But I mean, it's, it's definitely possible, but maybe not high on their list of priorities or whatever. Um, I do know that when I'm done with this game, I'm going to want to play that DLC, the, like the frozen wilds. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I hear that DLC was good uh, already on its own. And I have a feeling I'm going to want to keep, unless the ending like totally lets me down, uh, which is possible. I mean, we've talked about that where games like completely let you down once it gets towards the ending time. Um, I like I'm going to want to keep playing this game because it is a lot of fun. So I'm glad I picked uh, I picked it up at a time where I have like I don't have a backlog of games that I need to like play at the same time. Um, but I do wish I had played it a little earlier in the year just so I could have like been done with it already because I feel like I missed out on a really great game. Hmm. Yeah, that's something I have to go uh, pick up myself. Yeah, that and uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy mm. were like the two PlayStation ones that I kept passing on, and I need to go. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure Horizon's down to like twenty bucks now. That's if right anything, there. it's on sale. Right yeah, now. like I picked it up on Black Friday for for like sixteen bucks with uh. like you know Best Buy discounts and things like that. So yeah, I'm sure like post Christmas sales and New Year sales and stuff like you'll be able to find it. I'm sure there'll be like a random week sale where it's like you know the best of 2017 or whatever, and it's cheaper. So if it's not already that price now, I don't know. 
Uh, all right, so next game on the list we hinted at just now in the discussion of Horizon, uh, just because they came out, like I said, within the same week. Uh, and we both had uh, Ze- Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild on our list of our game of the year. So yeah, Joe, seems wanted- obvious. Yeah, so uh, we gushed about it. Like, this entire podcast was basically started because we wanted to gush about Zelda. Yeah. Um, I mean, our... Like our first episode was talking about the Switch is real, and that was you know at the tail end of twenty what twenty sixteen. Yeah, and then our first real episode was our first forty eight hours with the Switch, where and we basically wanted to... with Zelda. Correct. So, Joe, why don't you start off? What did you like about Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild? Um, once again, going back to talking about the same thing with Resident Evil, like it it felt like a Zelda game, but still new. Yeah. And, a lot and of not people... just that it was a new Zelda game. It was like a new type of Zelda game. The yeah. the fact that it was so open, the open world aspect, like you talked about with being able to go anywhere and climb anything. And if you see something, you can go to it. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. You know, I, I never thought I would be playing that. I know. And it's, it's one of those things where like a lot of people at first were really mad about it because they're like, this isn't my like hashtag not my Zelda. Um where they were, they liked the old, you know, Ocarina, Majora's Mask, you know, hell, even Wind Waker style of Zelda games. Uh, and this one took a more like Western RPG approach to it. Yeah. Uh, it did have a very like Elder Scrollsian feel to it. Yeah. Which then worked out when they put Elder Scrolls on the Switch and you could dress up as Link in Elder Scrolls. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, so it paired really well together even then. Um, but yeah, just the fact that this was, I'm like, we talked about it for probably a good month, like when we first started doing this, because we were just so enamored with it. Like we were playing it every day. Like I didn't want to put it down. Because um, every time I like, I'd pick it up and I'd play for a couple hours and I found something new and different that I absolutely loved with it. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, because it was so open, I never felt like bogged down by anything. Yeah. You know, there were, there would be weeks that I would go by and not do anything. It would just be me wandering around going like, wow, that looks cool. And yeah. like, oh, I found, you know, this random Corcoro seed, like, oh, cool. Just, just looking for the little things to do as opposed to even thinking about Ganon, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The main storyline. It was it was just an excellent exploration game. Which yeah. are games that I love. And I just all I wanted to do was like be a part of that world. Yeah. And like just the the things that they did and changed were like they were welcome additions. Like I, I talked about not really liking the cooking all that much, but I it mean, was still not a, everything was perfect. No, but it was still a cool addition to the game that added another level of like depth to it. Um, and like you were saying with the open worldness of it, I really, really like that because you and I essentially played the game two different ways because we, we went to different divine beasts first. And so we had different powers to then help us do other like divine beast things or defeat other enemies. Like the fact that it was so open world meant that it also brought a lot of good discussions about, okay, how are you playing the game? Like, what are you doing first? Like, are you trying to go and like just build up your character and your stats or are you going and trying to do all the shrines really quickly like what are you what are you doing um so like even just the way in which people were playing the game was different person to person and that made for a like a even better gaming experience which is like i think what we're all out for mm. uh speaking of changes what did you think about like the shrines do you like the shrine i know we like mentioned a little bit where you want to see classic dungeons come back but like what did you think of the shrines and the divine beasts as like as a whole 
Um, like I said with Divine Beasts, I wish they were more like the traditional dungeons as opposed to just one big puzzle. Yeah. Um, the the shrines were, I mean, to an extent, they were hit or miss because it depended on what the shrine was. Correct. Uh, I did like the more puzzle-based ones, which is weird because I'm saying, like, I don't like the other things because they were too puzzly, but yeah. these ones are great. The well, little, they're smaller. The little puzzles. Yeah, they're smaller, yeah. like, examples of puzzle like puzzling in this yeah. game. And it was the kind of thing where like once you figured out what it was, you felt a very good like yeah. change of accomplishment. You felt You're really, like, really smart. It. Yeah. I know how to do it. Those stupid giant balls rolling down the thing. I gotta freeze one of them and blah 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 yeah. blah 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 do this. Yeah, I felt really smart when like figuring it out, which was just another really good thing yeah. to put on this like that this game like a tip of the hat to this game. Yeah. So I mean the shrines I did enjoy. I didn't like like the combat ones where you had to fight the you know the one yeah, uh, Guardian like, yeah. going around. Those ones, I came across them. I'm just like, oh, let's get this over with. Uh, I did like the puzzle ones. I I would like it to be more, like, give me more of the little puzzles. Give me just a regular dungeons. Yeah. I don't, I don't need, like, the one big puzzle. And also, the boss fights in them, um, I didn't find very enthralling. No. A lot of them just resulted, like, uh, it just turned into me just shooting at them with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to it. Yeah. Um, the, the the combat, when it came to those, were disappointing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, give me, the, like, a traditional dungeon. Uh, give me more of the shrines. I enjoyed those. Yeah. Um, and kind of just give me a little bit more to do. Yeah. Yeah, because there wasn't a lot, like, in the world. There wasn't a lot of NPCs you could talk to. There yeah. wasn't a ton of side. Like, there were some side quests and stuff, but not a lot. Like, I think there could be more, especially given, like, if you look at a game like The Witcher, and that has like a ton of side quests or Skyrim has a ton yes, of side quests. Yeah. Like the next game that you build out for Zelda, like have more side quests. Cause the side quests that I did in this game, I liked doing. Yeah. Um, so more of that, like that's what you want with any sequels, like more of that, please. Yeah. Um, more, but better. Yeah. So, I mean like the things that this game had, like it ranks really high up there for me and obviously we'll get to like, and also it looked gorgeous. Yeah. And like, there were so many points where I would just stop to like, Take it, of, in. take it all in. Yeah. I'd be at the top of a mountain looking over the desert and like going like, wow, look at that. Look at it. I can see all this stuff. I can see a town over there. I want to go check out that town someday. Yeah. Oh, more towers to climb. And it's one of those things too where like, I know we're talking about the games, but like, man, how impressive it was to play like on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like the Switch is a very impressive console. And I know we're like, this is all about really the games and not necessarily that hardware, but like, man, they knocked it out of the park. Like, Playing every configuration style I played Zelda with, I enjoyed. Whether it was handheld with the Joy-Cons on the side, TV mode was obviously the best because you really could take it all in and it was in 1080p and all that. But, like, I also really enjoyed playing with, like, a Joy-Con in each hand and just kind of, like, lazily laying, like, just laying back in bed and just playing it on the TV where I'm just, like, walking around. Like, my hands aren't together. Like, it was just a very cool, laid-back way to play. Like, every way was great with Zelda. Um, So, they, I mean, they knocked it out of the park and they set up for what I think was a year of successes. And we have other, you know, Nintendo games on this list. Um, each of us do. So, I mean, just completely knocked it out of the park with Zelda and a great way to start off the year. Yep. Um, my next game will stay with the switch. Cause it also came out on launch day and that was snipper clips. Now snipper clips was a, a little indie game. Um, uh, that didn't have a lot to it at the beginning. They've since added DLC, which I do need to go back and play. Is it technically indie? Cause it was produced by Nintendo. I know. Well, but it wasn't like made by them. Like it. W- either way, whatever classification we want, it was just. It's a smaller game. Like it's yeah. not a big, expensive. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, anything. It is a smaller game. It was twenty bucks on the eShop, and I I love that game. 
Uh, I played it a lot when I couldn't be playing Zelda. Like if I had smaller play times, like oh, my break at work, I'm not going to get sucked into Zelda because who knows what I'll do in a half an hour. Whereas this, like I could play through a bunch of levels in a half an hour. No big deal. You know, this was also a good multiplayer game because I thought yeah, about, we had a blast playing it. I thought about putting other games on here like uh, like one two switch just because like I had fun with them. They were technical achievements for the the switch but overall not really worth it no it's not it's not game of the year this one i think deserves it because like you said the multiplayer like when we played really fun like when i brought it over to a room full of people we had a blast with it because everybody has their own input of how we're supposed to spin it or how we're supposed to cut the shapes to solve the puzzles and like the puzzles were really good and they also had like the versus mode like the basketball and the who can cut the other person up the most like this had a bunch of different modes it had a bunch of different puzzles like that are both good for single player and ones for that you need to do multiplayer in. Um, and I just, I really liked it. I thought it was a really good use of a console you can take anywhere. Like this was the best way. I think this was better than one to switch in being a thing where it's like, Hey, let me just take this game out and well, I can bring it anywhere and anybody can play it. And I've got two built-in controllers with the joy con turned sideways. Like this is, it was the best portable game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like, it, was, it was the ultimate portable game for the Switch. Yeah, and it was portable like for one player, and like that was the, obviously the best to start out. But it also like allowed me to play with other people, which was the promise of the Switch in that very first commercial: is that you can plop this down anywhere and hand a Joy-Con to one of your friends, and you're playing NBA. Which like that doesn't seem nearly as fun as me playing this. So mm. uh, that's why Snipperclips makes the list for me. Um. All right, the next one, Joe, I believe belongs to you, and that is a Tom Clancy game that you enjoy playing with your friends. Yeah, Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Wildlands. Uh, And I talked about before, uh, was it on this podcast I talked about that? What other podcasts are you on? Uh, Oh, I don't know if I just talked about it to people in the real world. What other people do you know? A couple. (laughs) Um, Where we talked about how adding multiplayer to a game can instantly make it better. Yes. Was that on here? Probably. I know we've had that discussion. I don't remember where it is, but you've now said your point. Expound on it. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, This game is very different from the other Ghost Recon uh, games, which were a little bit more... um, Tactical. Well, they were definitely a lot more tactical, but they were more like mission-based as opposed to it wasn't a big open world type thing Correct. uh, that this one was. Yeah. this game, like on its own, if you were just playing by itself, it's serviceable. It's not a bad game. I did play a lot of it by myself, and I still had fun with it. Um, I liked the, the you know, even the more minimalized tactical aspects to it. Like I liked rolling up against, you know, finding a, a base and like setting up my drone and you know, yeah. figuring everything out and like planning my attack. Um, it, it was serviceable. Yeah. But it's one of those things where once you have people to play with. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, because I played in the beta and I played by myself, and I was like, okay, I see the promise of this game, but it's not, it's not a game for me. But I also didn't have anybody that I would have been able to play with. Yes, um, so I had a, a group of friends that I like a dedicated group of friends that we went through and we played through this game with, and it just every time it was like finding the new, more ridiculous thing to do in yeah. the game and the the more over the top stuff, um, ways to just screw with each other, uh, you know. I I was like kind of hesitant to put this on there be, uh, on my game of the year list because like I said it's it's not necessarily that great of a game but it's a hell of a fun time with other people. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's hard to recommend that to people because like you said, some people do they just don't have a group of people that they can play with. But if you do, you need to know that it's a really really fun game. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, that's understandable. Yeah. And, you know, so for that, I'm putting this one on there. Uh, you know, if you have a group of friends, it, it's a blast. Yeah. Is it like, is it something where you need to have four people or is it like just playing even, with one even, other person? Even two players is still fun. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Just, you know, like I said, trying to, you know, anything where you have, you can stop with a friend and go like, okay, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Like, what's the plan of attack? It's not just mindless you know running around yeah. like gears of war was fun co-op but it's just you're just running around blasting everything once you can like stop and be like okay how are we gonna do this yeah you know or there's some once guys, that the tactical aspect comes back into it yeah it makes it better you're when you saying have like okay we got three with. guys over in that thing there's a there's a sniper in the tower yeah. like okay you go to the top of the hill with your sniper rifle you take out that sniper i'm gonna sneak around in with my silenced pistol blah 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 and you know, all of a sudden it's, it's more of an experience. Yeah. Cause I remember even when they came out with like trailers for that game or like an E3 presentation, that's how they did it is they had like four people walk out on stage and they were like, all right, now we have to determine who's going to do what and how they're going to help out. And like that always seemed like the coolest aspect of this game. So the fact that you got to experience that with other people, you know, it makes it understandable why you put this on the list. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh, no. All right. Uh, the next one on the list here uh, came out in June, I believe. It was one that I was highly anticipating and one that Joe also put on his list, and that is another Switch game, Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, while being very similar to the original and not really updating a lot, um, I think still deserves to be on this list because it is like it is technically a sequel. It did add new modes. It did add a bunch of really fun stuff. New and, weapons. Yeah, and it took the fun of Splatoon, which was a game I really liked and didn't play enough of, and brought it back to something where i could play it anywhere and everywhere yeah like, i was playing it at my house i was playing it at friends houses playing it on tv playing a handheld like playing at work like it's it was like this is another game where like the fact that you could take it anywhere just made it even better yeah because how many portable first person shooters are there yeah or third person shooters rather that are legitimately fun there's not really any on nintendo consoles in general yeah. uh and then like the vita's dead and didn't really have a huge you know third person shooter like gaming thing where you could then go online and stuff like that so yeah uh, i mean splatoon one i we talked about uh, not on this podcast but personally we talked in our about our friendship yes, yes uh, as being a very very great game yeah but you're right it was bogged down just by the fact that it was on the wii u and well, you know everyone knows the wii u wasn't a very you know high selling console nope. and it wasn't a very technically impressive console nope um so this one coming out on a thing that had a, a much, much bigger install base. So you had a many, many more people playing. Yeah. Uh, you did get some of the cool new modes, like the um, Salmon Run. The, the Salmon Run the, is really the, cool. The Horde, the Horde mode, mode, which yeah. is very, very fun. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it was portable, you're right. It made it great. Like, it was a perfect, for me, it was a perfect game to ha- be hold, handing, holding in handheld mode. Yeah. I had a hard time saying that. Uh, holding in handheld mode it, while just something was playing it. on TV. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was a great. Uh, way to just waste time. Yeah, but like, but it wasn't but a, very, a waste. No, yeah, it was, it was still very yeah. fun. Like, yeah, it, it was an ultimate time killer game. Uh, I mean, the downside of this game is it was the introduction to whatever Nintendo decides online is going to be. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, chatting with the phone, like separate from the console. We haven't really heard anything about that. In no, a while. we haven't. They must have really learned their lesson. Yeah, we still also haven't had virtual console, and we're almost a year out from that system releasing, which is still Ugh. blows my mind. Um, so, like. 
the online limitations were still present, though they did a much better job with this game than they did with Splatoon 1. Uh, Splatoon 1, like, Joe and I could be in the same game, but not on the same team. Like, there was no way to guarantee that. This at least had a thing where you could be on a team, like, you could do ranked play as a team with your friends. And so that I really enjoyed about it. That gave it, a, like, a, a leg up on the original and made it made for a much better game. Because even with this having a bigger install base, I knew four or five people that had this game. So, like, at any given time, I'd be like, yo, you want to, like, let's go do some Salmon Run. Like, let's just go, like, knock this out. Or let's go play online and just, like, kick some ass. Like, let's do it. Um, so, I really like that this – I really like this game a lot. And it's a game that I haven't played as much um, just because I think I've been playing a lot more PS4 things lately and haven't been playing my Switch as much. Um, that I do want to go back and, like, keep playing because I, I did have a lot of fun with it. I liked the new modes even in, like, the regular multiplayer. Like, that Rainmaker mode is really cool mm, with the yeah. gun. You know, turf control is always fun, but the tower control the, mode is really yeah, the fun. the tower control mode I thought was very well done. Yeah, because, like, there's – it's not just about – I always like games that have an objective. Like, I'm not a huge fan of team deathmatch. Um, and so even in the more team deathmatch style, like, regular Splatoon game, there's still an objective of painting the floor. So, like, you want to kill the other people, but you also want to follow the objective. Um, and so that's why I think I like this game so much is I like objective based games where like I don't get mad at Battlefront because it's objective based. Like I can play, t- you know, team deathmatch on any game that comes out any given year. Like they always have it. There's always a Call of Duty or a Battlefield if I want that. Like I like having more to do than just the shoot the other team. And Splatoon is all about that. And well, each Battlefield's of, usually pretty objective based also. Yeah, but even still, like it's mostly deathmatchy and like not to the extent that obviously like Splatoon is oh, where yeah. Like you want to move these towers or you want to paint these areas. So I like, I really like Splatoon. I always had a soft spot for the first one and the second one, they crushed it. Like mm-hmm. they just, they took everything we liked about the first one and, and made it better. They didn't make it flawless. Cause like I said, there's online issues and things like that, but it was already leaps and bounds better than the first one. The first day it came out. Um, and so that's why it goes on my list. Cause I had a whole bunch of fun with it. Yep. Same here. All right. Uh, next on the list is, uh, Oh, it's me. Um, mine is uncharted lost legacy. I hesitated putting this on there cause it is a DLC, but it's enough of a standalone DLC where I figured it does. It deserved consideration. Um, and it was one of the most fun experiences I had this year, uh, because I love the uncharted series. I think it's a ton of fun, um, taking it and putting it new characters in it while not, reinventing the wheel so to speak it like it did give it a different feel like i love nathan drake he's a great character in the history of video games like nolan north does a fantastic job as him the banter with sully was always great um so doing this and putting two lesser known characters obviously was a a risk but one that i think paid off because it gave you a different dynamic that I wasn't used to. Like I know Drake and I know how he acts and I know how he talks and I know how he's going to respond to certain situations. So some of the surprise elements of things happening, like don't really come off as well as you probably want them to. Uh, But here, like I didn't know, like, are they friends? Are they just working together for this job? Like how does the interplay between the two characters really like fit within this world? And I thought they did a fantastic job. Like as always, it looks gorgeous. Um, I know you said you haven't played it and you want to pick it up, but I highly recommend doing so. Um, cause it's, it's more uncharted, but it doesn't feel like, Oh, it's just more uncharted. Like, well, I passed on this one initially just because I actually wasn't a big fan of uncharted four. Oh really? Yeah. What didn't you like about uncharted four? Um, I, I didn't like, I don't know it, this one or uncharted four was, I felt it was way too much story and not enough action. Oh, okay. There was way too much. It felt like they went way overboard with the characterization of it, mm. which I mean, necessarily isn't bad, but it's just not what I come into these games for. Yeah. Um, 
I, you know, the, there were way too many scenes that just went on lo- like way too long, you know, with you just walking around with somebody having a conversation. Yeah. And like, no, you I know, get that. Like the level where you're supposed to be driving the Jeep and, you know, you're going from, you know, across this big field and a lot of it was just spent in the Jeep listening to conversations and yeah. occasionally stopping to do something and then getting back in the Jeep and then driving along. There's some more of that And then Jeep like the party, you know, the one where you got to go to the party and you're like walking around talking to people at a party. I just goes like, I was like, come on, can we like, when are we going to do stuff? I want to blow up some relics. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm here one... for the action movie, not the drama movie. Okay. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, and I mean, obviously it's subjective anyway. So, I mean, maybe you won't like this as much cause there's, there's some of that. I don't think it's to the same extent, but again, it's been over a year since I played, uh, uncharted four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I had a blast with it. I always, I'm always down for more uncharted, you know, if they wanted to keep making these like side experiences with characters that we've met before, um, then I'd be totally down for that because I'm I'm willing to play anything from that universe. Um, so yeah, I just I like I had a blast. I powered through it in like a couple of days because I was just enthralled with the story and you know the gameplay is the same and yeah, it's just a just a lot of fun. All right, uh, let's see. So next, I think I have the next few on my list. Uh, the next one on my list, again, while not a super uh, technical achievement, was one that I had an absolute ball with, and that was everybody's golf. See how I use the word ball there mm-hmm. for golf ball. Uh, Everybody's Golf was the newest in the Hot Shots series. Um, they dropped the name Hot Shots, which was only in the U.S. Um, in favor of the Japanese name of Everybody's Golf. And I I loved that game. I only played it for like a week, but I played it every single day for several hours in that week. I've since picked it up again because I liked it so much. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a fun downtime thing. Like it's oh, I don't want to get involved in like this big story game right now, or I just want to kind of relax and just play cartoony golf. Like it. It's not, you know, a technical achievement. It's not, oh, it's the prettiest golf game you're ever going to see. It's like, it's cartoony and it's goofy. It's got like oversized heads and the driving around in golf carts and this like little hub world thing. And just the dumb little stuff that you have to do in addition to playing the golf is it's just fun. Like, and I, I've always liked the Hot Shots games. I really liked them. Like, I really liked the Vita one was the last one I played a lot of. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, so, and then this one was just more of the same where... If you like those kinds of games, this was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how it was kind of one of those like, I forgot how much I like hot shots. Um, and so I was able to play that, you know, a bunch when I had it. Um, and so I like I think I, I put it on there for that reason, because it's just it's fun. And, you know, anybody could come over and you can play it and the rounds don't take very long. So you can pass the controller back and forth like it's just a good, fun game to play like on your own with other people. It doesn't matter. Like. It was just really fun. If you if you gave that game a pass, or you're like, oh yeah, I'm like, I used to like those Hot Shots games, or I mean, this one flew under the radar completely. Like it came out. In well, the, yeah, I didn't even know it existed until you told me you were playing it because it, it I mean, I might I might have heard of yeah, every, everybody's golf and just went like, oh, just another golf game. I yeah. didn't know it was Hot Shots, yeah. when, and that's why I like passed up on that one. Um, and I do want to go back and pick that up because you're right. Like I absolutely loved the Hot Shots games in the past. Uh, I. I don't remember. I think it was the not the Vita one, but there was a like two PSP ones, right? Uh, yeah, I think there were some PSP ones as well. It was a uh, PS... Those Hot Shots Golf Four, they were called, probably. Yeah, uh, I sunk. I don't. I couldn't even tell you how many hours I sunk into those games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like they don't take much to get involved in them, and you can play them for small periods of time, and just like the gameplay time obviously builds up over that, but like. You know, you don't realize like oh, I'll play for, I'll play for twenty minutes and then all of a sudden it's like an hour later. 
Because you just like I just kept wanting to play more rounds. I never wanted to put the game down. Mm. And I think that's the mark of a good fun game. Like, was it perfect? No, but you know, I like I had a blast with it. And it's uh, it's definitely one where if you if you missed it because they changed the title and dropped it in the like the end of summer. But not a lot of, I mean, although a lot of games did come out, these three games on here all technically came out on like the same day that I have on my list. Um, but yeah, I had a blast with it. It's a super fun game. Um, I don't know what else to really say about it. So I'll move on to my next game, uh, which was Windjammer. This was a game that I remember seeing got announced at PSX last year. And I didn't really know anything about it. Um, it looked kind of cool. It's an old, old Neo Geo game. It's basically like volleyball meets the tron disc game like meets tennis kind of thing it's very over the top like it takes place in like a beach bro like california like you know volleyball competition type aesthetic um it came out on ps4 and uh and vita it was cross by which was really nice because i you know 2017 was all about taking really fun games and taking them on the go. Uh, so I was able to do that with this game. And I played both through like the regular story and I played online a bunch. Uh, and I just had, it was just a lot of fun. Like it's, it's very easy to play and it takes a little bit to like, you know, get better at it. And obviously there's different tricks and, and tips and things like that you can do. But it was really cool because it was all about the strategy of thinking like, what is the other person going to expect me to do? And what would be the best move here? Because there's different ways you can throw the discs. There's different areas you can throw them to. Um, and so that like, not like, I guess, tactic, tactical aspect of it, that, you know, strategic uh, planning was uh, something that I enjoyed a lot with this game. Did you play it at all, Joe? Uh, no, honestly, you talked about it a lot. And I remember you repeatedly talking about it and i still never looked into it, it, it at all no. i don't even know what it looks like i know nothing about this one despite the fact that you've raved about it a lot this year yeah you don't take my recommendations joe how dare you no um yeah it's just a neo geo game so like even on yeah the, I mean, that, maybe that was the part where you're like it's a neo geo so i'm like okay so it looks old yeah well like i mean it looks old but still polished like it just has that like you know that stylistic look to it and it's you know when you're playing it on on the big tv it's still got the you know the brackets on the side so it's not full screen uh but i mean despite the fact that it's an old game and a remaster like it's a lot of fun and like i've seen a bunch of tournaments this year where people are getting really into it um so yeah i really recommend that game it's a it's a fun little thing especially if you have a vita and you're looking for some a reason to pick it back up again like i don't think it costs very much it's probably a 20 dollar game but you get it on ps4 and vita um, so definitely worth it if you are someone who's looking to maybe pick something up and play something on your Vita again, because it, it doesn't take much, uh, to go and just like, you know, play a couple rounds online. I don't know what the online looks like now though, to be honest, like it's been a couple months since I played it. Uh, the Vita was always a little bit more sparse, but who knows, maybe over time it gets a bigger deal or, you know, comes around a second time or something. But yeah, I really, uh, I really enjoyed that game. Had a lot of fun. Uh, the next game. Oh, the next game is also mine. This was one that I just got into recently, uh, though it did come out at the uh, beginning of September, middle of September, uh, and that was Fortnite Battle Royale, which is, we talked about PUBG, um, I talked about it the last couple weeks, how much fun I had with Fortnite, I just, I really like it. It's all of the things that PUBG has with like the, you know, the Battle Royale style of game, the one versus everybody and like things like that, but what it adds in the building aspect of it, as well as the, I think the style really appeals to me. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's more cartoony, so it's less realistic, which is, which is nice. Um, the jumping is like way higher. Like it just feels like it gave it its own spin 
on something that I was interested in playing because I've wanted to play PUBG because, you know, it's obviously a big deal. Um, and this was a very accessible, free game. Like, it doesn't take much. Like, I, I normally when I play it, I just play a couple rounds at a time. But I do, like, it'll be the first thing I do when I fire up my PS4 if I'm going to, like, go into a gaming session where it's like, all right, I've got a few hours. I'm going to play some games. Like, let me just get a couple rounds of Battle Royale. And, like, I'll play two, three rounds or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm done for the, I'm done for the day. And then I'll go you know, play Battlefront or WWE or like whatever else it is I'm playing now. Um, but just to like jump in and do a couple quick games is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I've been playing PUBG uh, for, you know, the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I was at, like sitting there at one point thinking to myself, like which one was better between this and Fortnite? And yeah. there are very, there's aspects of each one yeah. to, to weigh. You're right. Like, I really like the aesthetic a lot more of uh, Fortnite. Yeah. I, I like the cartoony look of it. It's much brighter, a lot more colorful, a lot like easier on the eyes to look at. And then when it comes to like Fortnite, I like how um, I like how it has uses like actu- the actual weapons, and you can like customize the weapons. You know, pick up a gun and then like find attachments for the guns, and you yeah. can like you know pick up different armor types. So the the more uh, interactive aspects of PUBG I liked a lot more but I really I honestly have had a hard time kind of trying to figure out exactly which one is better yeah like I can kind of understand why a player unknown you know the, their team got upset when Fortnite came out because depending on your like you know depending on the person I could see somebody being like oh yeah this one's not as good as the, the like the knockoff yeah yeah I I really like the pick up and play aspect of it mm. like if I had PUBG and wanted to like sit down and like learn the ins and outs about, you know, getting the better upgrades in armor and finding all the other things, like I'm sure I would really enjoy that. But the fact that I can just, I can pick it up, I can jump into a game, find a bunch of weapons and just go to town with what I got, like, and then kill people and try to take theirs. Like it's just really, it's just so easy. Yeah. And um, even though I never really made much effort to learn how to do the building aspect of it, yeah, it did a lot of the times when I was playing it, create a very game changing like moments where, you know, you come across something and you clearly see somebody's building some sort of weird, yeah. whatever tower or like base or fort, and you're like, okay, how am I gonna tackle this? <laughs> yeah, it also makes it really, it makes it really interesting when you get down to like the last few people mm-hmm. because like the one time I got like second place, I was one of three people left when the the area like the play area shrunk down to its smallest possible level and they just started building towers and i was like oh fuck i am out of my depth i did not know this is how this game works when you get to the end you just start building towers and i'm not very good at building um (laughs) yeah i was i was never able to like figure it out so it was more trying to figure out instead of figuring out what to do to build it was like figuring out how to get around you know yeah like how to handle those people's bases or yeah, the like, forts they built i know how to build i just can't build fast enough that's the problem when mm. it's like okay i could build this stuff and i can get up to this roof or i can build this little tower or structure or whatever but in the time of me doing that am i gonna get shot by somebody because i'm just kind of standing and looking around and like building up a thing um so yeah well it's probably not necessarily as good as PUBG, and it's obviously the knockoff um i put it on my list just because like the things that it changes that are things that i just i really enjoy and i like the aesthetic and it feels like other games i've played like i've talked about it here i mean if you're just listening to this game of the year one i've talked about how it reminds me of warhawk 
in terms mm. of the style, the jumping, like the guns, like the look of it. And I really loved that game. So it's kind of like that. A but nostalgia trip. Yeah, exactly. But like, so like I would play that game in a heartbeat if they re-released it on PS4. So it's kind of like that, but it's one versus everyone as opposed to team-based. So um, that's why it made my list of 2017 games of the year. Joe, the next one is you. You ready for it? Do you know which one it is? Uh, yes. It was, uh, it was, uh, this one's a little bit weird because technically it did come out earlier, but like earlier from what I got to play it. Uh, the next one was Cuphead. It was yes. released on the PC earlier in the year than it was uh, on the Xbox. I didn't play it until it came out on the Xbox a couple what? months later. I thought it came out the same day across everything. What Did it? I could have sworn it came out later than other stuff. I'm going to look it up right now because that was what? September? September? Yeah. I might be. I, maybe I'm wrong. I thought yeah, it came out on PC I earlier. be wrong. Uh, no, Windows and Xbox One. Same day. Oh, you know, it's weird. I thought it came out later in the year than it did. I nope. thought it came out post, like, South Park. No, September 29th. Oh, well, fuck. All right, never mind. Ignore all that other stuff I said. That's but the part Cuphead. where Joe's wrong. Yeah, Cuphead. But Cuphead. I, obviously, Cuphead was a sensation. Everybody loved Cuphead. It's, yeah, plus you're, like, way too good at it, if I recall. Like, uh, yeah, man, I'm fucking I'm the best Cuphead there is. Yeah, um, such a good Cupheader. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, Cuphead... It was everything it promised to be and more. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of hype to this game long before it came out. I think you we've know. known about it for like three years, right? Yeah. I think from the original like um, Kickstarter pitch that it had. Was it yeah. a Kickstarter game? No. Uh, I don't know. I know I've I've seen it at a bunch of E3s. For yeah. Like it was something that was definitely coming and, and everyone was talking about like, yeah. hey, do you see that game with like the 1930s art that looked all cool? I love that style. I just, yeah. I it's love so it. good. Yeah. Um, and and it delivered in every way. Like it looked fantastic. It played fantastic. Yep. I don't think I've ever played a game that the controls felt as tight as it did, as they did. Uh, the you know the music was great. Music the so boss fights game. were fantastically designed and interesting. Everything about that game shined in, in every way. Yeah, and I mean, it was just so much fun. Yeah, and it's such you know, a. Te- it was great co op. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a technical achievement too. Just the fact that it was all hand drawn. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that art style, like the old, you know, Mickey Mouse cartoons and like things like that. I'm giving this game my honorable mention, and not because I don't think it's fantastic. I just didn't get to play it enough. Yeah, I played. You like, don't have an Xbox. I don't have an Xbox. Like my PC was having computer issues. Like when the game came out, like where it would like crash in the middle of playing it, and like I didn't get enough time to get good at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore I didn't play it a lot just by virtue of the fact that it's locked on a really old computer of mine. Um, so it gets my honorable mention, but I, everything that I, everything about it, I love so far. Yeah. Um, and, and even though I played through Cuphead, I, you know, I, I did it all myself also. It's still you're fantastic. You know? Yes. Cause I'm so good at it. I'm, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I'm the best in the world. Um, it was also, I, I even enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Like I watched every time, you know, any YouTuber I was subscribed to put up a let's play of it, even though I'd already played the game myself, I still wanted to watch them play it yeah. and go like, I want to know how they tackled this boss yeah. because, you know, there was the variety of the different like weapon types and skills that you could use. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm watching them going like, how did they handle this? Like how uh, the kind of thing where I'm saying like, oh my God, I, I died on this boss a thousand times. Like I, I want to see how they do it. And then. You know, also, and they beat it in like two, you know, two, two tries, and you're like, oh, fuck. Or it's the kind of thing where like you beat that boss on your second try, and you're watching them die over and over and over again, and you're yeah. going like, no, you got to do it this way. You yeah. son of a bitch, you're doing it wrong. Figure it out. You're doing the pattern wrong. Yeah. Arr. So, like, it was not only was it great to play, it's also great to watch because yeah. honestly, sometimes you feel like you're just watching the cartoon. 
Yeah. Like there were there were times that I died in that game because I like I zoned out and was just enjoying the visuals. I would love a Cuphead cartoon. Um, I don't know why that's something that hasn't like happened yet. Because well, it's a two team. It's like a two person studio. Yeah, it's like two brothers. Yeah, but uh, I mean, with all the money that they made off of this, I'm surprised somebody hasn't approached them and been like, "Hey, uh, can we just do this?" Yeah, <laughs> like we'll do it. We'll take the art style. Like we'll keep it faithful. You can be involved. I don't know. Like I, I think that'd be a really fun thing mm-hmm. if this was. If this was five years ago when Microsoft was trying to get it's like we're gonna have our own Netflix. Oh, whatever happened to that? Uh, they made like the Halo show, and that was it. Did they even make the Halo show? Yeah, yeah. There was, or, there was, was like, like a it movie. Was a Steven Spielberg Halo show that they were gonna make at one point. Wasn't there the movie that like they did? They did where like, it's like a web series. Yeah, called like Nightfall. I think. It yeah. Was. But there was supposed to be like a Steven Spielberg produced yeah. Halo TV show that was gonna be like aired on the Xbox, and that just vanished. Yeah. No, because they realized you need to put games on a gaming machine for people to care about it like you yeah. can't make your own netflix of like a gears of war show but like so if this was five years ago we probably would have had one um but i would really love something like that because like the world and aesthetic is just fantastic mm-hmm. and the music is great and all of like all of the little touches that give you that reminiscent steamboat willie you know even max fleischer like, era yeah, of even cartoons when they, they, the characters talk like randomly and they have that very like hollow tinny sound to yeah. their voice yeah the sound design is impeccable mm-hmm. like it seems like they went and they're like all right how did they make cartoons in the 20s and 30s we're going to make let's a game do that, like that and then figure out how to make it seem old. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not even like they like they could have just gone to some old studio and they're like, all right, we need a we need an old table saw that we can like go whoa, 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 and like make the sound effects. Like mm-hmm. we're going to do this all old school. I mean, I don't know. I would also like to see a really doc, like a documentary. about Yeah, this. that would be great. Or a book like a making of Cuphead uh, yeah, kind of thing. Book of yeah. Thing. Just something like that, because there's so much about this game that like I want to know more because it's just it's so interesting. And they took us they took something that no one had thought to do before and just fucking knocked it out of the park. So very understandable that it made your list for game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the next one as well, Joe, where you took a trip back to Middle Earth. Yes, uh, Middle Earth Shadow War was the next game on my list. Um, this is one that you know. I, I I weighed in putting it on onto the the list. Um, I did really enjoy the game. I am a big fan of the Lord of the Rings and the Middle Earth and the movies and the books and yeah. all that stuff. I, I really liked it. Uh, I found this one very interesting. I was a big fan of the last game as well. I think this one um, did a lot of things a lot better. It did a few things a lot worse, um, but. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with the gameplay, the, the like the way that the game was designed. Uh, I always really loved the Nemesis system that they had in these games. Yeah, which that was, was obviously the selling point of the first one. Yeah, and they took the Nemesis system and they did a hell of a lot more with this one. Um, a lot of times it felt like it was almost too open and I was kind of going like, all right, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing here? Um, but in the end, I, I, I still had a, a blast with the game. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit outshined because of another game that's going to be coming up on the list that was, you know, very similar in the design, um, that I think did everything a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still I, I had a great time with this game, but yeah. uh, admittedly it's kind of there. Cause I was like, I need a 10th game. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, it's still like, I mean, having 10 games that are fun in a year, like the fact that we were even able to come up with even nine, like is mm. impressive. Yeah. Um, so even if one where you're just like, you know what, thinking back on it, like this belongs is probably one of the 10 best games I played. Like, yeah. It's still understandable. It had a lot of stuff. It built on that nemesis system. Did you get to do any of the new things like the online, you battle your orc against somebody else's orc or um, any I was, of that stuff? I was too afraid to do that. 
your orc to die? I didn't want my orc to die because because of the nemesis system and the way it's designed, like you oddly get really attached to your orcs. <laughs> yeah, That's you're so like sweet. You yeah, have a heart and a soul. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't want like Grog Skinflare to die. <laughs> I like Grog Skinflare. He's a cool dude. <laughs> we were pros. Yeah. We were best buds. So I was a little apprehensive to toss him into the things. Occasionally, like I would have some dude who were like, oh, I don't care about that guy. Like, yeah. let's see what happens. And the fact that you don't really do anything in them it's both like cool and you're like frustrated because you're screaming at them saying like, God damn it. Why are you not like be better? Yeah. I didn't raise you like this. <laughs> Kill that other guy. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this story? Um, the story, uh, I, I didn't think it was as good as the first one. It was still interesting. I liked a lot of the new characters that they introduced. Yeah. Uh, it kind of a little bit felt like more of the same. I almost kind of wish they had a different, character like main character mm-hmm. but they already established you know that this guy is special because yeah. he's fused with the ghost of the guy that created the things blah 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 and uh, it would be harder to like how do you fuse someone else to the ghost yeah it wouldn't make sense yeah um but um and the the story was not the the like the selling point of the game to yeah me. it was a lot of the game design is what i was more interested in this game yeah and that was obviously a big perk of the first one too yeah nice uh anything else you want to say about it um yeah okay moving on then to a game that we both had on the list and that was south park the fractured butthole Um, that's how you say it yeah well i mean you could say it however you want you could say fractured butthole or you could say fractured butthole Mm. either way it works it's the game um i really enjoyed this game yeah same here i had a blast with this game um a lot of people didn't like the the combat was a little bit more simplified this time around like it wasn't so much about that precision timing that stick of truth was yeah which I, like, and i was one of those people i uh, i enjoyed yeah. the the combat for stick of truth much much more i actually was really down on the combat of this one for a while until you started like unlocking more abilities and yeah. skills and stuff it it bogs down a lot in the beginning yeah because it's kind of just like it's setting up this new world and like not necessarily new world, but like the new like storyline. This new world that's existed for twenty five years. No, but you know what I mean. Like they're they basically take everything about the stick of truth, and they're like, all right, now we're playing something different, and like you have to erase that like learning mm-hmm. curve that you had from that other game, and then relearn this game. So it does kind of slow it down a little bit in the beginning. But I, I thought the humor was spot on. I thought yeah. the story was fantastic. Yeah, I talked about it before. I thought this was probably some of the best writing that they've done. Yeah. Uh, in a few years. Yeah, because the, the show has been not that great for me for the last couple of years. Yeah. But I, like, I, admittedly, I haven't watched like the last five episodes of this season. Yeah, it's not. They're, yeah. they're okay. They're not anything like, but oh my God, it's, you like, it's, see it. it's like I said when we talked about it. Um, this is goes to show that if they just stopped and took the time. Yeah, they come up with something really good. They come up with something really good. And yeah. They had a long time to work on this game and they had just spot on perfect writing, perfect characterization for a lot of the characters. Yeah. I was very engrossed in what was going on. The majority, you know, like I said, I wasn't too enthralled with the combat, but the story kept me going, and I and so much happened. It was always yeah. something new and crazy and weird. I just was like, "What the fuck is gonna happen next?" Yeah, and like even this more simplified combat to me, like over time, like you said, when you unlock new powers, it gives you something else to do. But like just the mix and matching of different players. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in the first one, you played with whatever characters the story dictated you play with. Whereas this one, like you unlock everybody and you've got your team and you can kind of go through and you can mix and match. And they all have different skill sets and abilities and cause they're all different superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. Um, some of the super power ups were great. I liked the ability to like call in for help with some of the other characters that you meet in town. Like, 
You know, you call in uh, Jimbo and Ned, and they just blow away like uh, one particular enemy. It's coming right for us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I really like the stuff that they added while simplifying it does take a like take it a step back in terms of the combat it was only simplified like I said it was only simplified in the beginning like eventually when you unlocked more powers yeah like I became a lot more engrossed into the design, especially since the farther into the game, they started changing up the combat styles and they gave you like different missions and stuff. Yeah. Well, like the first one was all different goals in the combats. Yeah. The first one was all about timing where it's like Mm -hmm. the more devastating fart that you throw is all about timing where this one isn't timing based at all. It's just, you say the move you want to do and you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you are able to unlock different moves, even for the same character, that's when it got really because you can mix and match different like yeah. styles of play and different hero abilities, yeah. and that part was, like, was really cool. You know, I, I want to use a um, like a, this speedster attack I really liked, but this elemental attack was really cool yeah. too. Um, yeah, so mixing and matching amongst the different like different play styles was really cool. Like it's just they they took everything that you liked about the first one and for the most part like built on it in every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even like like we said, even with the more simplified combat, the the added you have different power sets made it so that way. All right, now there's much more strategy involved. Yeah. Um, especially when it came to like the other kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was very much. There were a lot of times where like I sat there and agonized over like who do I want to take? Yeah, which in, into this is. area? You know, it's like. Butters is really good, yeah. but um, Wendy's she's fucking devastating with her special attack. Yeah, and it was like I really liked walking around in that world again. Like I loved walking around in the first, uh, you know, South Park game. Just get, getting to be in the town and talking to everybody. Like I enjoyed that here. You know, I went through and was like going to all everybody's house and getting all the collectibles. Like the collectibles were also a lot easier to the get. The exploration in this game. was great. Yeah, because like before, it's like you have to collect five hundred Chimpokomon. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like here, the stuff that you were getting, like I really liked having to go collect like the Yahweh posters or whatever of Craig oh, and Tweet. The like, Yahweh. Uh, yeah, that she was. X twi- uh, yeah, that for, she was really for, funny for Craig's dad, which made it really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because he just he loves that his son is in love with another kid. Like he just wants to support his son and it's like his and stare love. at these pictures of his son and another boy. Yeah, just like how weird. That was so weird. Some of them were very uncomfortable. Some of them were really uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, like I really like. Like I said, I really like the story. I liked all the twists and turns it took at the end. The character that they bring in as the villain, I did not expect. Not at all. Was a welcome addition because I always really love the episodes with that character in it. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could talk about like. I think we talked about it. Yeah. On the podcast. So yeah, before. yeah, the character of Mitch Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, spoilers for the South Park fractured butthole. Uh, the character of Mitch Connor, you know, as Cartman's hand or whatever, like. I, that character was so funny in the, you know, Jennifer Lopez, Taco, 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 and Barito, <laughs> like episode from Talk way back. Ben. Yeah. Oh, Ben, I love you, Ben. Um, that, I, that, I think that character was so funny. And to bring him back as a villain was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, ingenious. I, I would never would have thought of it. I never would have thought of it either. And it's like, it's not an obscure callback, but it kind of is. because He's only like, appeared in like two episodes. I think it's just the one. I think just I think that one Jennifer Lopez one episode. episode. Oh, they may, maybe they mentioned him or something like that or they yeah. tried to bring it back. But yeah, like, what a good idea. Yeah. Um. So I was on board with that. And like, then that whole scene where... Um, Kyle starts doing it also, yeah. and there's like, which one's the real Mitch Connor? So good. Uh, I thought the introduction of superheroes was cool. I think they aped that genre just as well as they probably could have. Um, 
So yeah, I thought it's really. I thought the the prequel episode on the of the show leading up to it wasn't that good, and I was kind of worried about the game. But mm. the, it turns out the game was just just as much fun. I mean, if you played Stick of Truth and haven't picked this one up yet, do do it. Like I, I just think it was a really good and a worthy inclusion on both of our game of the year lists. Uh, another game that made both of our game of the year lists was uh, Super Mario Odyssey. That came out at the end of October. Uh, the last two games on our list did come out on the same day, so we'll just talk about Mario first. Uh, I loved this game. Oh, a, a masterpiece. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. Yeah, I just think everything it did, it did well. Uh, the Cappy stuff is just amazing. I would never found myself engaged in a story of a Mario game. Right? <laughs> and, like, so the story is Princess Peach gets captured, which we all know, but, like, the wedding aspect of it and you're using Cappy as a friend because his invested. sister yeah, his sister gets taken so you want to help him too. Like it's not just about you anymore. Yeah. It's now you have a friend. And you 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 know, the progression from world to world like had a meaning. Like you're going there to like, okay, they're gonna go steal this cake and you gotta try and stop them from stealing the cake. You gotta yeah. try and save the wedding dress. You gotta save the ring. Like yeah. So there was a reason for going from world to world as opposed to just the other You're ones where like, it. you got to go, you know, there. Yeah, you didn't get there and go, oh, she's in another castle. Okay, best guess, guess better go, go to another world. Then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the fact that it even had a little bit of a story is one of those things that, as we've talked about, was... You're taking an old style of game and adding something new to it. Like a Mario game's never really had a story before, mm-hmm. other than Princess Peach. Got Even though it's a minimalist castle. one yeah. that it is, but still, like it still added something for you to enhance the game. Mm-hmm. Like that's the cool part about it. I mean, this was a return to 3D Mario's, which I think everyone had kind of been waiting for. It's the first one since Sunshine, I assume. Right? Galaxy. Oh, Galaxy. Yeah, Galaxy. The Galaxy 2. Because um, so, like, for the last few years, we've just but, had... I mean, Galaxy 1 and 2, uh, they weren't bad games, but they were no. Wii games and nobody was too enthralled in them. Yeah, and like the like the forced waggle and all that stuff. Yeah, the, like, the motion control stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just been having the side-scroller ones, which, like, to be fair, I've legitimately enjoyed. Like, oh, yeah. 3D World, 3D Land, even, where the isometric yeah. was still good, still loved those games. Oh, yeah. played, played them all to the end. Yeah, but that's the good thing about Mario is that it can change these styles when it when it like needs to mm-hmm. uh, and this one just like I, I didn't put this game down like I played this game straight for like two weeks yep did now not you put 100%ed it, it. I 100%ed it I, I did not want to put it down everything was exciting every little puzzle to find all the moons was good like just the world designs were great yeah like I was interested in all of them yeah and they were all different enough like when you play Mario normally like every world is different but all the characters are the same like it's still Goombas and it's still like shells and it's still like, you know, all these normal characters in every world. So they don't ever really feel that different, but like here they felt super different. Like Mm -hmm. all the little things that you could then take over, like really changed up the gameplay, like taking over a frog lets you jump super high. Like, yeah, the, uh, the cafe mechanic was really well implemented in the game. It was something where I was like a little bit worried about at first because I was like, you know, I want to play Mario in a Mario game. Like, yeah. I don't want to be, you know, doing all these other weird things. But it worked so well. And they were done in, like, such a, you know, sparse yet intricate way where, like, th- you know, the design of them, everything felt like it was, you're supposed to be doing this, you know, that way. Yeah. And, like, 
I really liked some of the other creatures that you got to take over, like the caterpillar that you stretched. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. The little bird with the bendy beak. I like, really. Oh god, yeah, that was that really thing fun. was so much fun. I always liked the um, the the lava balls where you couldn't land on the ground, so you had to like jump and try and make sure yeah. you land in the other like lava puddles. Yeah, or like if there was like there was those other balls where like if you hit them or hovered over them, they turned into lava pools. So you yeah. can then jump on those. Like that stuff was really cool. Um, and then like, I really enjoyed the levels at the end where you have to take all the mechanics that you learned throughout the course of the game and put them all into one epic gauntlet run Mm -hmm. of like, okay, look, now you have to be the lava ball and now you have to be the springy bird and now you have to be the caterpillar and now you have to like do the, the jumps and you have to do the, like these, all these different mechanics that you learned in this game and put it all together at the end. I thought it was a perfect like bow on the whole uh, experience. Um, I also really love the 2D stuff. Like when you go in and you have to play oh, yeah, as 2D, 2D Mario. Yeah, the 2D was stuff great. was great. Uh, and it, like it made sense kind of in the game that you would do that. And like it just added another like classic fun element to it. You know, it's weird because we're talking about how you know great all the different aspects of it that they did. But I would absolutely love it if they just released like an all 2D Mario mm-hmm. game. Like it's just, like a $20 like bonus thing to download but it's just like a whole bunch of the different 2D levels yeah. because the way that they designed them so many times and like the way that they changed stuff up, they were really great. I like, I love the ones where like the gravity would switch yeah. or the ones where it would so like cool. go in big loops. So you'd be like running and you know, up yeah. the walls and around and across the top of the roof. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, uh, I think a link between worlds where you like yes. go into the wall and that kind of like aspect of it. Um, Cause I like that even though you were doing these two things, like these 2D things, sometimes you were doing them in a 3D space. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the 2D world wrapped around a pillar. So you're going around like this mm-hmm. pillar in 3D, but you're still playing in 2D. The gravity stuff was awesome. Like playing upside down was really cool. It's something new for even a 2D Mario game. Like I don't think there's ever been a upside down maybe 2D Mario like, game. Yeah, maybe like for a couple of levels or something, but it maybe. was never it was never implemented in the way that this one did. No. Um and yeah, like the take like you said, the taking over stuff was really cool. Playing as a bullet bill was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like taking that over and flying. I like the football guy. Um I also I, like the costumes. Oh yeah, the the costumes was a great touch. Yeah, cuz like I was so invested in making sure I wanted to collect all the purple coins just because I was like, oh, I got to get the costume. Got to get them all. Yeah. It was really cool, cause especially because like... I want that fucking sombrero. Give it to me. Yeah. Oh, and there was some stuff that you needed to wear a certain costume to unlock. And I mm-hmm. thought that was like, all right, you're making Mario changing clothes worthwhile. Whereas like before, it's like, okay, you get a power up and you look different or you get the Tanuki suit and you look different. Like here you're in these worlds and it's like, oh, if I wear a sombrero and a poncho then I'll be able to go into this special door where I got to look like one of the regulars in order to get in. Like that's a cool little gameplay mechanic. Mm-hmm. And this game was just filled with, with stuff like that. What, what was your favorite world? Ooh, that is uh, really tough. Um, hmm, I think I, I really liked the, um, the forest one. Uh, the, the one where with like the shit, the, the rain spreader guys yeah like the little the little, the little mechanical like water fountain guys yep. that would like yeah the rigidic machines and it had like the like the down below part. yeah it was like a really weird like mix between like mechanical forest worlds yeah uh i really like that one because there was so much varied stuff like you said you could go into the bottom and there was a t-rex just stomping down in there t-rex amongst the so trees cool. but it was all dark so you, yeah. you're like where the fuck is he coming from yeah the deep woods or whatever yeah it was but called. then like you go and you climb the big tower in the middle of it and you're you know you got all sorts of crazy stuff and you have the 
the flower garden that you can like drop down. There's that optional boss down there to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I really just... like that world. Um, what was yours? Mine was uh, New Donk City. I think oh, it, I spent the yeah. most amount of time in New Donk City. New Donk City was pretty great. And New Donk City was so like when you start the game and you're going through like you only need a certain amount of moons to progress. And New Donk City was where the game changed for me where I went from, all right, I, I'll get the ones I can get and then I'll move on and I'll go back at the end and I'll play everything. But New Donk City, when I got there, I loved that world so much because it was unlike anything I've ever seen in any Mario game before. Like True. All the other levels are new. Yes, but they all Felt feel like, like Mario. Mario. This was the first one where it didn't feel like Mario, and I wanted to spend as much time as in as possible. And I went through and got pretty much every moon I could get at in the first playthrough in that one. And that's when I was like, you know what? I need to spend more time in these worlds. Like, I don't want to just kind of power through the story. I want to get as many things as I can and then go back and clean it up afterwards. And so that's where the game like really switched for me of like, I want to be in these worlds. I want to spend as much time here. I really enjoy this. I want to do all this exploration. I want to do all this puzzle solving. And New Donk City was that for me. We're like, you go down in the sewer and you go in the buildings. And then you have that one main like city hall building where you're going inside. And there's all these different puzzles and all these different things to do. And just Plus you get that fantastic song. You get the fantastic song, which like it's the first ever Mario song with words. And it's great. Mm. You know. I listen to that so many times. Same. Uh, I also love that whole sequence, like that whole like celebration sequence after you the, beat the that 2D level. Thing where and you're like running through. The, it's it's very homage to like the classic. Yeah, uh, like Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong yep. games. Oh, so good, and the song is playing, and everyone's cheering, and there's fire and explosions, and like it's just really cool. Yeah. Um. So that was my favorite. But yeah, I mean, overall, this this game was just this game was special, and it was. It was impressive enough that we got a Zelda and a Mario in the same year, let alone the fact that they were both amazing. Yeah. Like it just did so much that I like I didn't like I said, I didn't put it down for weeks until I hundred percented it. And then I was like, okay, I can take a break and take a step back and think that this was really a fantastic game for me. So uh, all right, so we'll move on to the last game then, which came out, like I said, the same day. And this was your game, Joe, Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh yes. Which surprises me that you would put this on the list. Although have, like if you had told me at the beginning of the year the new Assassin's Creed game would be there, I probably would have been like, Are you sure? I know no, about for, that. For me, probably, because I am a big fan of Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, but the fact taken is the that year there's off, and also like the last couple of them weren't yeah. exactly anywhere close to stellar in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Exactly. I enjoyed them, but I wouldn't say that they were anywhere no. particularly great. Uh this game, however, I I absolutely love this game. I've complained about the ending uh, last week or the week before. Yeah, whenever you beat it. Yeah, uh, and and uh, you know I I can't let one aspect, even if it's a major aspect, completely ruin the whole of the game. Yeah, uh, of which I just had a blast playing. Um, there was so much about this game that I really liked. I liked the main character. Uh, I thought he was very interesting. Uh, I was really engrossed in the story of it. Uh, the world was fantastic. The design was the fantastic. The change in the combat system, I was a little skeptical about first yeah. uh, because it was so different from previous. I mean, the combat of Assassin's Creed was, you know, one of the big things about it. Yeah, it was pretty much. I mean, it, it created a whole another genre, basically, the way that they changed the uh, the way their combat system was set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, so many games, Lord of the Rings co- or uh, Middle Earth copied it. Uh, the Batman Arkham games copied it. Yeah. So many, you know, just like seminal games in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, took the style and all they did was turn around. And they just took another game style and said, we're going to do that one now. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, you know, at first I was like really, really skeptical about it. Uh, but I got so used to it so quickly and it, uh, it, it, it was, you know, the, the variety of the weapons, the way that it was all changed up. Uh, after a while, like I was like, man, I don't know if I can go back to playing another one the old way. Yeah. And I did try that. I went back and I've been play- trying to play uh, Assassin's Creed 2 again in the Oof. SEO collection. And I mean, you know, it's a matter of just getting used to it again. But yeah. So many times I was like, oh my God, why can't this just be the Assassin's Creed Origins combat system? Can they just remake this game yeah, right? and use the, the older, the, the new combat system, please? Um, but yeah, I, I was thoroughly engrossed into every aspect of this game. Did you like the new setting? Like, what did you think of the Egypt stuff? I love the Egypt stuff. Okay. I was worried at first because initially you think like all the other ones were about densely packed cities. Yeah, tall and, buildings. Yeah, things you're, like that. You know, you're supposed to be jumping across rooftops. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is just a big desert. Yeah. Um, Small villages. Yeah. And it and... reminded, like, made me worry about Assassin's Creed 3. Which was uh, the like the colonial one? Yeah, because those aren't there's no and, cities there. Yeah, and it was the same thing. Like you would, you know, there were a large portion that just took place in the woods, and you were like jumping from tree to tree, and you're like, this just isn't as the same. Yeah. This isn't as interesting. Um, but they managed to make, um, you know, enough of the certain cities that it felt right. But they they really kind of toned down a lot of the climbing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it I mean, it's definitely still there. Yeah. Well, this is an but origin it's, it's, story. Yeah, so but it's not like to climb yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's there, but it's like not the focal point of the yeah. way that the other ones did. And they did a good enough job of you know not making it feel like you're missing out on it. Um, and you know, obviously, there's tons of like cool things to see. Like you see the the pyramids, you're like I'm fucking climbing those goddamn pyramids right yeah. now. And it uh, looked gorgeous too, right? Yeah, and the and you know it goes back to uh, the Legend of Zelda there were so many points where I just wanted to stop and take everything in. Yeah. You know, especially when you get to like the huge expanse of deserts that just look gorgeous. They looked real, you know, when you're going through, you know, canyons and mountainscapes and you're just looking around going like, wow, this is just fucking breathtaking, you know? And you think like, oh man, was this what it really looked like? You know? Yeah. No, it's like, I was worried like you were about the setting of it being like, oh yeah, it does seem really like, sparse and it's not going to have that same feel as these other games but i'm glad that it like they figured out a way to take that different setting and make it so it still felt like assassin's creed game and still had you engaged in what you were doing and it didn't feel like like oh man i gotta cross a whole desert just to go to this next mission because like that would have really sucked yeah and even then you know we talked about the before you know the standard fare of like talk to a guy and he says go over here and do this mission yeah um everything looks so good i didn't really mind it that much you know sometimes you're like "Eh, whatever but like other times you're just like i'm just gonna fucking hop on my horse and just like just go chill through the desert and like check everything out man yeah like all right it's Four thousand, you know, kilometers, or whatever the hell the, the distance they they used, so whatever like, weirdos use for measurement. Yeah, uh, but I was like, I don't care. I want to see it. I yeah. want to see everything I see along the way. And like, they did a good job of um, putting things in the game where, like, as you're going, you're still seeing stuff happen. Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where you're going along, but then all of a sudden you'll see like, you know, a guy. Uh, being chased by a lion and you're just like, oh shit, I guess I better help this guy out. Or run away. Or either, just let the lion eat him. Yeah. It's, either it's way. what you want to do. Yeah, not my problem. Yeah. Don't care. But, um, you know, there's something to entertain, like to keep you engrossed, to keep yeah. you, yeah. you know, focused. Invested. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and like I said, I thought the story was really good. Um, right up until the end when it yeah, kind of ending, yeah, ending aside. But if they had just flipped that, as but we yeah. talked about, like made you go as the wife first and then finish the game as the guy. Yeah, it would have been great. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched somebody, I watched another person playing it online and they were like the same thing. Uh, they're like sitting there going like, why that? What? This isn't the end, right? <laughs> yeah. It should be the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't the only one, at least, that, that felt that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, besides, uh, I was, you know, I, I was really interested in the character, mm. like the the character of Bayek. I felt, you know, actual genuine, genuine emotional connection to, and like I wanted to, you Dude, know, so much I heart want, and soul from you this year. Yes, and I was like, I want him to succeed, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, a lot of the other ones. Yeah, uh, the other you know, in the first Assassin's Creed, Altair had no personality. Did not care for him uh, whatsoever. Yes. Assassin's Creed two and like the two trilogy. Yeah, I absolutely adored Ezio Auditore. Yeah, and I was like, I love this guy. I want to see what he does. I want to follow his adventure. From that point onwards, all the characters were either like incredibly boring, like Connor was in three. Yeah, or just like you didn't really care all that much. Yeah, you're a cookie uh, cutter. Yeah, because even Black Flag. Black, like, yeah. Okay, I get it. Like but... I like this guy, but I'm more interested in the world. Yeah, I want to sh- sail ships. I don't really care about his personal like journey. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even remember what the guy. I don't even remember the plot of Unity at all. No. Uh, and then the, you know, uh, syndicate was just like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. Go uh, be but this syndicate. one I was like, I was like, I like this guy and I want to know his story. Nice. Well, I, and I, then like you said, when you were talking about you, you know, when you were playing, um, Mario, you wanted to do everything in this yeah. game. I absolutely wanted to do everything, yeah. every area, every inch I wanted to explore and everything felt like I was getting something out of it. Yeah. You know, you're either finding like a really good weapon or you're finding like a really intriguing dungeon with a really cool puzzle to solve. I was constantly engrossed throughout the whole thing. Nice. All right. So we've gone through our list of our top 10, but we haven't given any indication as to what is our number one game of the year. So, Joe, give me your number three game of the year. My number three game of the year, I'm going to say, was Resident Evil 7. Like I said, it was the only game that I wanted to play multiple times. And the fact that it was a game that I beat three times really kind of shows that it was a top quality game. Yeah. Uh, My number three game of the year uh, was Uncharted Lost Legacy. And I think that's mostly because of how much I love the Uncharted franchise. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this was more of this made it so I had fun from start to finish. Like, I just... It was a little short, and but it was a de- it was like an extended twenty dollars DLC. Yes, yeah, it no, was it was forty. 30, 40. Oh, was it forty bucks? It was really? forty bucks. Yeah, because it's 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 long. Like it's several hours long. Like it's not <laughs> the length of a full Uncharted game, but it's so only a little bit shorter. I think the only reason it's not a full sixty dollars is because it doesn't have its own new unique multiplayer. It just like gave you the ability to play Uncharted Four multiplayer. So that probably would have made it a sixty dollars game. But it's like it's a good it's a good long story. So I really enjoyed it. Um, all right, number two. Uh, number two for me, Super Mario. Super Mario. Yeah, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I mean, we just talked about it recently, but yeah, every aspect of that game was great and it had me thoroughly engrossed in it. Uh, like I said, the world design, everything about it was great. It felt like going back and playing, you know, uh, Super Mario 64 again. Yeah. Like it's so much nostalgia out of it. Uh, especially that one world where you're running around Peach's castle dressed as Mario 64 oh my god you know what that's my favorite level going back to it even though it was kind of like an off blue level but man that was so great yeah that was a lot of fun Uh, my number two was Breath of the Wild I like the the fact that that kind of like kicked off even just like us doing this podcast and 
just uh, like we talked about it for a good solid month. And I was talking to everybody I knew about it for a good solid month. It made me fall in love with the Switch. And like the gameplay was just so good and Mm -hmm. it was beautiful. And it was like, I don't want to say necessarily that it's my favorite Zelda game, but I just like the changes that they've made to the franchise so much that like much in the same way of you playing old Assassin's Creed games. I don't know how I'd go back to playing older Zelda games again. Mm. Like this one just felt so much better to me. Um, and I really, really loved it. So that was my number two game of the year. So Joe drum roll. This probably sounds really bad on a microphone. Probably. What was your number one game of the year? Number one game of the year. I'm going to give it to Assassin's Creed origins. Wow. Yep. I, Curveball. hot take. Yeah. I sunk, I sunk way too much time into that game to, you know, not give it at that, that, yeah. that award at this point. I, I went back and I checked and I put in over a hundred hours into that game. Wow. And like I said, I, I wanted to do every part of it. Yeah. And even though there were some things I didn't like, especially the ending, which I complained about before, uh, it wasn't enough to ruin the game for me. Uh, even now, I still put it in every once in a while just to check and see if they've like updated because they add like occasionally a new special mission or something. Yeah, a little something. Yeah, like there was a. I, I loaded it up the other day and there was a Final Fantasy 15 mission in it. Oh, I do remember them adding that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was like, "What the fuck is this? I want to do this. Okay, I'm going to do this. I got a really terrifying chocobo camel out of it. Ooh. That's like a camel but it's, it has a chocobo head on it and Ooh. it's really really scary yeah uh but i mean otherwise i i'm waiting for bated breath for the dlc to come out yeah, because i just really want to play more yeah that should be really fun yeah um wow it's surprising so no zelda in your top three does that um no yeah does that crack your top five is that like four or it's, five it's definitely four okay yeah um i i love zelda you yeah. know i i really debated between that and Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, in the end, I thought Mario was better, and I was a lot more, um, you know, engrossed by, well, not even, maybe not even say engrossed, the fact that I was so interested in playing Resident Evil 7, yeah. I had to give it the edge. Fair enough. Um, well, my number one game, I'm not going to do the drum roll again, because I already did a drum roll for the start of it. Uh, my number one game is Mario. Yeah. It's, yeah, and like, I, you could probably tell by the way I talked about it just a couple minutes ago. I didn't put it down. Like this is the first time in a really long time where yeah, I, I mean, that's why I liked origins. Like, I had I, like, I didn't want to play anything and I'm glad it came out at a time where nothing else was out, but I didn't want to play anything else. Like I, I knew when that game was coming that I was going to want to give it my full attention. So I beat South park and pretty much hundred percent at South park in the week leading up to it. To, so that way I was done. I wanted to be done with whatever game I was playing when that game came out because I wanted to give that my full attention because it's a Mario game and I love Mario games. And even if it was bad, I still would have wanted to just, okay, I'll play through it and I'll power through the story and I'll collect whatever. But, you know, it wasn't that great of a game. This one, it it blew away every expectation I had. Like, I wanted it to be kind of like Mario 64 and it was that but better. Like, the collectibles sure were good. The, the just the moons and the coins and everything I that you got world to do. Had its own coins. Yeah, it, it, it all felt different. Like it was just overall, it was it was a complete game. And granted, like if I wanted to nitpick, and I'm sure at the time there was things I didn't like or things that weren't as fun or like elements that didn't really stand out for me. But it's it's a it's a fantastic game. Like I. I can't rave enough about it. I know I've done it on several episodes, including this one, but I, I didn't put it down. I just, every time someone was like, Hey, what have you been playing for the last, like, you know, a couple of days, like Mario, just Mario, 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 like, nonstop Mario. Yeah. A dream of Mario. 
Yeah, I kind of was like just thinking about and like I didn't even get as in depth with it and I probably won't go and try to do like speed runs or anything like I didn't use the hat jump a lot. Uh, I just kind of played it to play it and I just I did it my own way and I took my time but still like powered through at the same time. Like, yeah, man, I loved it. That was my that was like it's going to be hard to play another game like next year and not think about like it's not as good as Mario was last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just going to be that one's going to stick with me for a while and I'll like I'll be ready and raring to talk to anybody about Mario because that game was fantastic. And hopefully we get another like a Mario Odyssey 2 or something like that, much yeah. like they did a Galaxy uh, 2 on the Wii. Luigi Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Send him in after with his own like, you know, Cappy's probably got a, yeah, Cappy's got a brother, too. Who knows? Like. Maybe it's like, oh, shoot, we're the best men at the wedding that we actually weren't invited to, which is weird to me that, like, nobody else got invited to, like, you know. Although they didn't actually get married, so it was fine. But, yeah, no, send send Luigi on a side quest with Cappy's brother because they got to go stop, like, little Bowser kids from securing the best man, like, something or other. Like, the, they're planning Bowser's bachelor party, and Luigi's got to put a stop to it. I don't know. Give me something. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, I'll play more from that game. Uh, because I did think it was fantastic. So that is our list of our games of the year. Uh, let us know what your game of the year was. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter and on Facebook at Broken Clock Pods. Um, but let us know what you thought was your game of the year. Let us know if you vehemently disagree with Joe or I on any of the games that we included. You know, Maybe you had a game that you had a lot of fun with but wasn't necessarily your game of the year. You would have put it somewhere in your top ten. Uh, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Remember that this show comes out every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Um, though I think I'm going to put it up tonight. I'm going to put it up a little early just in case anyone's going on a long drive to their mm-hmm. Christmas times. That's a good idea. Uh, I'll put it up. So this will be out uh, you know, normally Monday morning at 9 a.m., though this one will probably be up a little bit earlier yeah. than that. It'll be available Monday morning. It'll be available Monday morning at 9 a.m. Regardless, um, you can also find on our channel our uh, wrestling podcast, the Broken Clocks main event. We had a pay-per-view last week that was more fun than we expected in Clash of Champions. Um, and so I think our next one will be the Royal Rumble in January, which has a lot of stuff that's interesting about it. So if you like wrestling, go ahead and give that a listen as well. You can find that on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Um, but that will do it for us and it for 2017 the next episode that we have will be new year's day where we look forward to some of the games that are coming out in the beginning of 2018 that we're kind of thinking about and kind of just put a bow on 2017 in general i'll probably talk more about the switch and ps4 and xbox and how they did and things like that uh, but once again for the broken clock podcast games cast my name is adam i'm joe and thanks so much for listening bye <laughs>